two guys in different spots staying at home, but still talking on the radio. It's a miracle. Pinder and Steinberg is only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. We are on early this afternoon, and it's just a, a mini version of an early show before we're back with you on your drive home. And it sure does seem like we've got significant news coming your way this afternoon. Welcome to Pinder and Steinberg. My name is Pat Steinberg. Peter Klein is with us, Logan Gordon as well. And at the top of the hour, we are going to kick it over to our friends Tim and Sid across the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, they're going to uh, bring the uh, bring the show home or bring the news to you. We don't know exactly what the news is, but we do know that at 2.30 p.m. this afternoon, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman will hold a news conference across the Sportsnet radio and television network online at sportsnet.ca about an NHL return to play. We don't know exactly what we're going to find out here, Mr. Klein, but it sure does seem like this is going to be the most significant NHL news day that we've had since the league went on pause more than almost, at this point, almost three months ago. Uh, March 12th was when the league went on pause. The last time the Calgary Flames played a game was March 8th at home to the Vegas Golden Knights, and here we are on May 26th, and there hasn't been a game since. So this, I, I think, is fair to say the most significant news day we've had since March 12th in the NHL. I don't know what we're going to find out today, but I do know for everybody to be making as big a deal of this in league offices and certainly when it comes to our folks at Sportsnet, um, I, I, I think that you could probably suggest this is a pretty big and pretty important day. Yeah, I, I don't think this announcement is going to be, okay, so uh, we're still having talks. Great to hear from everyone. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Let's just Sweet. check in. Let's <laughs> just check in with everybody. How are you? Let's let's start here. We've got uh, uh, Ron Johnson here in Columbus. So, Ron, how are you feeling? How's <laughs> yeah. uh, quarantine going? How's your family? No, I, I I don't think it's going to be like that. You're right. Yeah, yeah. This is this isn't going to be just okay. Uh, I'm doing good. Started yoga, so that's good. Uh, otherwise, I don't have a lot to talk about. No, this is. Uh, I think this is going to be pretty significant. What, what we find out today. I, I don't know if it's going to be a full. Okay, these are the dates. Here we go. Let's roll with it. Uh, that would be extremely helpful if it was. But I, I think this is going to be confirming. Uh, a lot of things. And just as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, another step forward in getting momentum towards bringing the National Hockey League back for the 2019-20 season. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if we're going to get dates. I don't know if we're going to get uh, hub cities. I don't know if we're going to find out exactly uh, what this is going to look like and, and you know what cities are going to be hosting and how many cities and uh, training camp starts here and then the season start restarts here and then the draft is on this date. I don't know if it's going to be that specific. It might be, it might not be, but... It, there's going to be, from everything you hear from insiders, uh, there, there is going to be significant news. Here's what we know right now prior to the news conference. Welcome to the program, by the way. Uh, Peter oh, Klein hi. is at his house. Uh, Logan Gordon is at the Basement Systems downtown studios. My name is Pat Steinberg in uh, my home right now as we continue on our pandemic radio. You can catch us all across uh, our different platforms on the on your radio at Sportsnet 960, online at sportsnet.ca slash 
960. You can catch us on your Radio Player Canada app on your mobile. You can get us on your smart speaker and um, Instagram Live on on Instagram, Steinberg1984. If you want to come watch the two of us, uh, come on through on Instagram, uh, and you can uh, watch the show as well for the first hour. We'll be back again at 4 o'clock, too. At 2 o'clock, we're going to head on over to Tim and Sid. They're going to anchor net- network coverage coast-to-coast coast from 2 until 4 o'clock. We'll hear the Gary Bettman News Conference. They'll also be talking to Gary Bettman, NHL Commissioner and Executive Director of the NHLPA, Donald Fear. All of that is coming up between 2 and 4 o'clock, and then we'll be back at 4 o'clock to bring you home until 6. So here is, uh, here is the question I'll ask to all of us. Logo, you first. Is is there anything that you are most interested in finding out or learning today? Is there one burning question that you have on your mind that you want to have answered by the commissioner uh, in his news conference at two thirty? Yeah, I'd really like to to know if we're you know to get a, a firm timeline on actual um, return to training camps, like full group like that. That'd be something I'd be really interested to see, and I know that. Just yesterday we got phase two news and we're working into smaller workouts. But I, I guess to simplify my answer a bit, when when are we asking players to come back and actually start getting ready for a season would probably be the big thing that I'm I'm close enough to, to wondering if that's where they're going today. Uh, I don't know about anything draft-wise. I think that's something you got to look at further down the line. Uh, but we'll see what comes. So I'd, I'd, a firm timeline on when we're getting players actually back into – facilities and looking forward to you know getting ready for a season yeah i think that i mean i i think that logo your answer is probably right where a lot of people are right now in that okay we've been hearing about this stuff and and we've been like chris johnston came out and cj's going to join us at 5 30 today cj came out like three days into the pandemic and said well, here's here's a pretty likely scenario if the NHL is able to return a 2014 play. Like he had that in March, and here we are in in late May, and it's the same format that was talked about in March. Um, and I say that because okay, we've been hearing about this stuff, and we've been kicking around different ideas for what feels like an eternity, but at no point have we got anything close to a firm timeline. So, uh, Kleiner, I don't know if we're going to get that today, but I think for a lot of people, and I've seen this a ton on social media, like when, 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 I think that is what most people are wanting to find out right now is is when is all this going to happen? When are we actually going to start to see boots on the ground and the ribbon cut and all that type of stuff for this to actually get going again? Right. And uh, I think before we figure out the when, there also has to be a where. And I think best case scenario, that that would be kind of awesome to find out what hub cities that this whole thing is going to be playing at. I don't know if we're going to be getting that today because there's still a lot to figure out when you're dealing with 30 different cities, especially right now. Every city is at a, a different level or a different phase of whatever they're calling their reopening plan. So for me, I'm most interested to hear if we're going to go with reseeding or if we're going to go with just a, a straight bracket. Um, uh, I think that if you get the, the reseeding answer, then you can probably come to the conclusion that we're going with two hub cities instead of four. Uh, if you're just doing the bracket, you can kind of make four work a little bit easier. And I'm also wondering if we get any answers. I know Logo said it might be a bit too early in the process for draft stuff. 
I'm wondering about the the draft lottery because obviously the seven teams that aren't involved in the playoffs will be involved in the draft lottery. I think that one's pretty fair to say. But what about since the, we're what not about the eight other teams, right? Exactly. Yeah, since we're not considering these best of five playoff games, then the losers of those should, in theory, be able to get involved in the draft lottery. So those are some of the things that that I'm kind of looking for. Obviously, if we could just get a, this is when we're coming back, this is where we're playing, that would be super. But uh, I think just baby steps to for, for this point right now. I don't know. I mean, maybe we do find that stuff out. Maybe we don't find that stuff out. In right. terms of, do you do you have a preference on whether it should be a bracket or whether they should reseed? Like, I... I've enjoyed them having a bracket the last number of years, which is essentially what they've had. They've had many brackets, and they've all and, and I know that that has caused many to be upset because, well, you've got a great team going out in round number one, and it did like, I guess. Um, but I, I've enjoyed the bracket. I've enjoyed the certainty of knowing who's going to play next, opposed to. Okay, so this team's once so and now who are they playing? Like so, I mm-hmm. I enjoy the bracket situation. So and the NBA does a bracket, uh, a conference bracket. Like I I enjoy that. I I if if right. they were to do that, I'd have no problem with it. Do you have a? And in fact, I I think I would prefer that. Uh, but do you have a preference one way or the other? No, I I like I understand reseeding, and I get like finishing first should give you. Uh, the easiest path, but also like getting the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. You don't sit around and wait to see who was the lowest seed before you get to play them again. It's just, it's a bracket and and that's how you go again. Everyone is looking for the, the most fair way of doing this. And it's, it's a tournament. Like at, at some point there's going to be some kind of banana peel thrown in where it's not going to be just absolutely perfectly laid out for a number one seed. So I don't mind a bracket. I, I like that you can do bracket challenges and follow along and stuff like that. Um, the, the NFL where they do the reseeding, I think it's fine just because it's just one game and whatever, but like with the NHL, it's okay. So this team's won and now if this team wins, they're going to go there. But if that team wins, they're going to go, it's just, Put a bracket up. I get it would be great if you were the one seed and Chicago beats Edmonton and you get to play Chicago in the first round. But maybe you don't want to play that team with a a ton of momentum and all of that. So I I think in terms of reseeding, people are kind of overthinking it a bit too much. Yeah. And so 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 here is uh, here is what I am most interested to find out today. And and I I am fascinated to know what happens with the eight teams that will not be part of this play-in to start things off. So what does, because there's this proposed tournament that the four top teams in each conference will be playing in while the other teams are playing their best of five play-in to determine the five through eight seeds. So I want to know what that looks like, what it means, and you know what type of implications that has. And I also want to know what the seven teams that have no part in this like what what's going to happen there like if you're if you're the LA Kings or the San Jose Sharks or the Detroit Red Wings or I mean Detroit hasn't been playing hockey since October so um maybe throw 2015 actually sure. yeah. I'm I'm not sure if they've played hockey this year but when you're talking about these teams that are not going to be part of the play in and will not be getting a buy into the first round of the playoffs well what happens with them if if the season doesn't start until December, 
You're telling me that the Sharks and the Kings and the, the Ducks and all these teams, the Sens, they're not going to play from March until December? Okay, with one training. Like, so what happens there? Uh, what 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 ends up being what ends up being the process to try and make it so that they have something to burn off some rust? I'm I'm almost as fascinated by that as I am with what's going to happen with the top four teams while the other ones are playing their best of five. And that's honestly something I hadn't thought of until you you brought it up just now. I think the the short answer would be nothing, but that you're just hey. See you again in December. Uh, if you don't want to get rusty, don't be terrible. Um, that, that's that's kind of kind of where I'm at with with that. Um, if we're just going like straight chaos, put all those players into a pool, draft them to playoff teams, and let's just completely throw everything out of whack. Uh, but I, I think some people just at that suggestions has exploded. So I, I think honestly, what's going to happen with them is quite literally nothing. Just their season is over, and yes, we may not be starting again until December. So we'll see you in December. I, I can't imagine telling Joe Thornton or name a Detroit Red Wing. Seriously, try to. It's tough. Um, I, I can't imagine telling those players, okay. What did Detroit ever do to us? <laughs> made us watch them this year. That's what they did to us. They did but, not. They did not. Um, you were never under any obligation to watch them. And if you did by choice, at least, that is your own fault. At least twice this season, I had to watch them with the Flames playing. Um, but no, I, I don't think you can talk to any of those players, uh, any of those teams, and suggest, okay, you're going to have to leave your families for a while, go into this environment that we're pretty sure is safe but might not be safe, um, all just so you can play some hockey for a little bit. I just, I don't see that happening. You're still, like, you're still not convinced that it's going to be safe, hey? Well, no, it's it's... I, I'm fairly certain it's going to be safe, but if you don't have to leave home and if you're just going there just to play a dick around tournament, then what's the point, right? So, yeah, yeah I don't see a point. Well, and uh, I mean, yeah, there'd be no reason for them to play right now, but like, would they, would they be given some sort of special dispensation to do like an extra training camp or like to, to, would there be some agreement made so that these seven teams that aren't going to play a, a lick or even the teams that go out in the, the play in round, will there be something that they can set up so that these guys can get something in an earlier training camp or something like that? Like that, though, that's, that's what I'm, I'm curious about because right. I just, I, I, I I don't think it's fair necessarily to ask a team to go from March to December with zero competitive action. That's that's a long time, and and yeah. like that's what uh, quick quick math. That's nine months that they'd be going without playing. Like the NHL off season can be five months, but we're not talking about nine months. I, I just don't. So I, I don't know. I I don't have solutions, and and as we well know, I am not an answer man. I don't know right. things, but. I do know that there needs to be something to be set up for those groups because uh, I, I just think nine months without games, without competitive action is way, way, way too long. Well, it's kind of what we talked about with this whole situation, though. Nothing like you're not going to get best case scenario out of this unless you're going to, uh, instead of the World Cup of Hockey, create the World Championships of Hockey for an NHL thing and just have these teams break off into international competition. I, I don't see what you could possibly do for any of it. So I I just filed this one under tough. I mean, it, it would be great if you could have played hockey uh, in the last nine months, but uh, them's the breaks, kid. That That's kind of where I'm at with this. 
I, I think they'll do something for him. And, and, and Chris, Chris and Elliot have talked about this, too. I do think there'll be something set up. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. But I, I feel like them's the breaks doesn't necessarily take business and, and things that are important into account. I, 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 do, I do like how pragmatic you are, though. Like, you, you just you're, you, you have no sympathy. You're yeah, like, he just oh, cuts at the deal. throat, eh? Just, you're done. Yeah. You are you are a well, yeah, they're, they're commissioner, done. Right? Like, yes, don't suck. If if you want to be involved in a playoff featuring like sixty six percent of the league, be one of the top sixty six percent of the league. Like I, nothing about this entire situation is ideal. I, I just and people suggesting a, a play in tournament for uh, or a playoff tournament for the number one overall pick, Joe Thornton doesn't give two shakes about the sharks getting the Oh, I really thought you were going to swear there. I really thought you were going to do it. <laughs> like you, you I'm, get, I'm getting comfortable with being at home, but not that comfortable. Um, but no, like I just I, I get it is not an ideal situation, but nothing about any of this has been ideal. Well, of and the, you can't ask. I mean, you're right about the Thornton thing, let alone the fact the sharks don't even own their first round pick and it's going to be Right. Low yeah, as so, it is. so what are you going to say to San Jose? Hey, can you guys come play for a chance to make Ottawa's draft spot better? And you just you won't get guys to do that, especially you're right, the veteran guys. The the interesting thing for me is is more about it's it's less about you know well it's not fair to these teams. It's more about I think you have to do this to, to preserve. Like I I think you're doing it, Klein, to make sure that next season is better. Like so that you're not having crazy competitive imbalance if when they start next season. If, if if what we're led to believe is that November, December is the likely start to the 2021 season, um, then, then I think that having these teams pl- do something, a mini training camp or something, like, I don't think getting them to play games is realistic for all the points you guys mentioned. Like how much, how much do these guys actually, there's going to be no competitiveness, but something, something where there is, and uh, a little bit of a an option to get them a little bit more on an even playing field. That's that's more what I'm talking about. Cause what I, a- I don't I don't think that because logo, you're right. I mean, sharks don't own their first round pick. <laughs> you're going to get them to play in a tournament uh, to determine the first God, overall it's been pick. So long, I forgot that that was still a thing. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful thing. Ottawa's just <laughs> Ottawa does not care right now. Ottawa's yeah, whatever you guys want to do, we're we're doing yeah. all right. <laughs> I'm curious. What do you guys think about this? just a, a totally off the top thing? Post whatever playoff we get, you hold something to allow the other teams. Like I, the immediate thing I thought of was like a Penticton tournament, but you find a hub for the non-playoff teams to be able to get some games in and extend extend them the opportunity to get some competitive balance before while everyone's resting from postseason i don't know just a thought you know what i mean something because i think pat's right you can't just sit there for you know nine months and not do anything that's not gonna work but at the same time there's nothing for them to do right now yeah i just and and i i understand the the thought process and like if you did something like a weird three-on-three tournament i'd watch it would be fun um, but I, I just I don't think you're convincing Justin Adblocator to to leave home to come play in this thing just so that you get some games in. Not in, even in, in September to get ready for next year. Like if it's Maybe. if it's to get like, if it's that's to get that's ready more for next what I'm season, saying, right? Like if it if it's if it is this year's done. 
Yeah, the, 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 the Red Wings and the Senators and the Sharks have nothing to do with the remainder of this year. I, I, right. I think what it would be would be doing things to make it so that they're in a decent enough spot and are on an even enough playing field uh, to, to be ready for next season. That's that's more what I'm I'm interested in. And, and you know what, Clint? I think there's a, there's a decent enough chance that what you're talking about comes to pass. It's like, yeah, well, this is not ideal. Sorry, you were really bad this year. That's a disadvantage. That could very well be what ends up happening. But I, I do wonder if there is something that is set up. And, I mean, hell, that seems like so far down the road. Maybe it's not even sniffed at, the, at this news conference today. Right. But that is, that is one thing that I am really interested in. And then, and then, and then what about these top four teams? Like, what, like what, what, do, what does this potential round-robin tournament look like? Are they going to play three games and then take, like, the best records, and that's going to be the way you seed one through four? Like, that's the only way that you could make them – even close to the intensity that they're going to need to be at once the playoffs start, right? Like, I don't know of any other way because if you're just playing exhibition games, they're they're fairly they're going to be fairly ho hum as much as they're all going to be like yeah. we need to get back up to speed. You're never going to be able to recreate it if there's not something on the line, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, and but then the the counterpoint to that, and I do agree with you on this one. Um, but the the counterpoint to that is, is it fair that the, the Dallas Stars have a chance to get the number one seed when they were ten points back of St. Louis for the the first spot? Right, like it, it's well, shouldn't it, it's Cutthroat to... Klein be out here and say, well, be better in the three game round robin? Like he, <laughs> Cutthroat yeah. Klein is only cutthroat to bad teams. He's sympathetic yes. to good teams. Right, yeah, I'm I'm fine with good teams getting rewarded, and uh, the Detroit Red Wings knew what they were getting into being a bad team. It's just going to have to wait a little bit longer now instead. Um, but no, I I think you have to have something on the line for this, whether it be um, even if you don't get the one seed, it just guarantees you home ice advantage throughout, or, or something along those lines to to balance still rewarding the seventy odd games that we played in the regular season, but also have these games not just be glorified, as Logan pointed out before, uh, glorified Penticton games where the guys are just getting ready. Um, so no, I I think some kind of balance in there is going to be important, and I do think you have to have some form and pretty substantial stakes in that uh, that four team tournament. Yeah, and I mean, I, there's there's so many different things that you could throw out in terms of waiting and and but I mean, if they were to make it, if they were to make those games and if they were to play three games each, one game against each team, and if they were to take the best record at the end of it and give out home ice or give out the seeds or whatever and say, well, you know what? Tampa Bay had the best record of the four teams in the East. They're going to be one. Boston's going to drop to two. And and maybe you can wait it and and have it so that you can't drop from one to four or something like that. Maybe it's just the number one seed. It's kind of like a a lottery-type thing where if you've got the best record, you move up to one and then everybody moves down so that it's not a complete and utter shuffle. Maybe you do something like that. Yeah, I, I would be I would be down for that for sure. Um, yeah, there there, ha, there has to be something on the line for those games to matter and for people to watch those games too, right? Like we're one of the the main things we're doing this whole thing again for is, is to provide uh, a compelling television product, and you you, ha, you can't just have six throwaway games just to get these guys back up and running, right? So yeah, no, the, there has to be something on the line, and I think some kind of balance so that all of a sudden St. Louis isn't dropping to the four seed is. is is going to be important in that. 
So in the East, in, in this four-team round robin, it would be Boston with 100 points, Tampa with 92, Washington with 90, Philadelphia with 89. Like, do I think that Ooh. all of a sudden if, if Tampa – uh, sorry, if Philadelphia has the best record, they should be the number one seed. No, maybe not, but maybe they can move up. Uh, maybe they can jump up one spot or something like that. Or, or, or do I think that if Boston finishes with the worst record in a three-team round robin, they should drop from the one seed to the four seed? No, I think that's ridiculous. But maybe it does allow Tampa to move to one and Boston to move to two. Something like that, where there's still something on the line. Uh, it's a little closer in the West. It's St. Louis 94, Colorado 92, Vegas 86, Edmonton 83. Again, I don't think Edmonton should all of a sudden, because Connor McDavid goes goes off in three games in a round robin should all of a sudden be the number one seed in the Western Conference. However, I do think it's fair to say that if you have something on the line and they can move from the four seed to the two seed and now all of a sudden have, have guaranteed home ice for a little bit longer, that, that I'd be okay with uh, because it, it still puts something on the line but doesn't completely wreck the entire um, integrity right. of the thing. So, uh, look happy mediums and balance and all that type of stuff needs to be struck here in a pandemic when you are restarting a season two and a half months and by the time we actually restarted what it'll be four months after the season was put on pause you're you're gonna have to deal with things being a little bit different than normal but i i do think there's a threshold of balance there that needs to be struck too want to hear the crazy idea that i heard that i really liked for keeping it competitive for the one to four yeah. If those top four teams in the conference, they play each other, uh, and the best team gets to pick their matchup in the West. So the Calgary-Winnipeg stays the same. Minnesota-Vancouver stays the same. But say St. Louis had the best record, they would choose, okay, we want the winner of Vancouver-Minnesota. Then the next team says, okay, well, we want the winner of Phoenix-Nashville. Let them see imagine? who they want. And that's what Because you know what? As crazy as it sounds, and as like you, I mean, if you were a team sitting there and you were going Boston or whatever, and you're like, okay, wow, I think we could crush Florida or the New York Islanders. I'd like to win that thing and get to pick who we get in the second round, the winner of that series. Imagine the. I say go a step further. Let them let let whoever wins be able to pick anyone in their conference. We already have two teams that probably don't deserve to be in the playoffs anyway. In there, let Boston pick Detroit for round one. Let's just roll with it. Let's get crazy. Uh, but no, I actually kind of like that idea, the, the get to pick whoever you get to play. I think that'd Did be a fun, know, fun too. Let me, uh, let, me, let me quickly do the math here. So there is a 175 goal swing between Boston and Detroit. <laughs> but didn't, didn't Detroit beat Boston twice this year? Yeah, so Detroit, yeah. Was, yeah, Detroit was like their kryptonite. Yeah, the, the yeah, only team yeah, that the only team that beat him. But yeah, <laughs> one hundred and seventy five goal swing between the uh between the, the Red Wings and the Bruins. The Bruins Does Detroit plus- even has Detroit even scored one hundred and seventy five goals in the year? Uh the Red Wings have scored one hundred and forty five yeah. goals, so yeah. no. Uh, yeah, there so, you go. So they're, they've scored thirty less than their differ than their differential to Boston. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> Red Wings are a minus one twenty two oh. on their goal differential, and the uh, the Bruins are plus fifty three. I think I did the math right. I think that's one hundred and seventy five um, right, in yeah. terms of the swing. Um, yeah, you could take like that entire Boston top line with uh, Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak, and just take them away, and Boston is still dominating the Detroit Red Wings in uh, in differential. That's amazing. 
Uh, here are some texts at 960-960. Uh, there's going to be no home ice advantage anyway. They'll be in a hub city. That's a good point. So it's maybe not so much the home ice, but maybe the matchups that play into it. Um, overthinking the seeding, guys. In regards to the teams not in the playoffs, they should have a mini tournament. The winner gets second pick, runner-up, third pick, so on. But somebody else on the other side, if someone blows out a knee and misses nine months because of a fun play bracket, then what? Good point. Uh, Three people agreeing with with Kleiner's cutthroat um, cutthroat commissioner skills. Um, in fact, this one goes as far to say Kleiner is actually MacGruber. He tears throats. Um, <laughs> fair. Th- this uh, this is a good one, and and I think it's a it, it's a fair point for and look. I've seen a ton on social media about how everybody thinks this is stupid and, and how could they do this? It's ruining the integrity. Don't even play it at all. This reads, is any of this fair to anyone? There's no solution for the cellar dwellers. It is what it is. And I think that is the most important thing. There needs to be at some point a little bit of it is what it is. This is a worldwide pandemic that has shut down economies across the globe. Yeah, the NHL is not going to be the exact same as what we're used to for a little while here. It might not yeah. be until next season that it resembles what we're used to looking look like. So, so if that means things are a little bit different, then then I think you have to kind of live with it and say so be it. Well, and none of this is for integrity. None of this is for you know uh, the the pride of the game or anything like this. Make no mistake, it's about money. And it's well, about yeah, I mean, recouping as much of it is. It's not about being fair. It's not about the integrity of the Stanley Cup and, and you know, creating the best way to do it. This is because this has been shut down for so many months. And if they were to just say no and not play anything until next season, they would all lose a lot of money. That's what it's for. You can't sit there and, and argue for integrity when that's not what it's about. Yeah. 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 I, and I do, in their defense, I do think they've come up with a pretty good formula to have it be as to have as much integrity as possible. But Logan's right. Like if, if they were just guaranteed all the TV contract money, they would have gotten rid of this headache a long time ago and said, see y'all in October or December. Like that's at at the heart of it. Logan's right. Um, But in terms of integrity, like I I think what the, the format they've come up with is fine. You're still going to have to win 16 to 19 in some cases games to, to make it to the, to, to win the Stanley cup. And if you're a team that's not included in this, I know it's, it's not ideal to just say, eh, tough, don't suck. But it's also not exactly ideal that Matthew and Brady Kachuk were prepping for the, uh, or that Matthew Kachuk anyway, was prepping for the Stanley Cup playoffs by playing racquetball on YouTube. Like there's there's nothing super ideal about any of this, right? So it's just coming up with the best situation you can in a pandemic that no one's had to deal with before. Uh, last text, and then we'll hit the break. I'm stoked to just be able to crush beers while watching hockey after finishing up a round of golf all season. Good point. That's a very good point. The round of applause is important. You get to go do a have an afternoon round of golf, come back, and there'll be hockey on your TV all summer. At least that's what we're hoping and what we're probably going to find out in about one hour's time. We'll take a break. When we come back, Ryan Leslie joins us. We'll get uh, your Sportsnet Television Flames host thought on what's going to happen today and, uh, you know, always a little bit more when we bring Ryan on. Ryan Leslie joins us next. Is Klein, Logan Steinberg. This is Pinder and Steinberg on a very important... Important Tuesday, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
Calgary guys staying at home. Ryan Pinder and Pat Steinberg talking sports, pop culture, life, and anything else. Your afternoon diversion is right here. Stream online at sportsnet.ca slash 960. Download the Sportsnet or Radio Player Canada apps. Pinder and Steinberg are on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Okay, we're about an hour away from Commissioner Gary Bettman's return to play announcement, which you can catch on all of Sportsnet's platforms coast to coast, Sportsnet Television on Sportsnet 360, uh, on Sportsnet 960, the fan, and across the Sportsnet radio network. You can hear it on sportsnet.ca slash 960 or watch it on sportsnet.ca. All of our platforms have this announcement covered, and we're less than half an hour away from sending things over to Tim and Sid. They'll uh, anchor our network coverage of this NHL announcement from 2 till 4. Tim and Sid includes interviews with Gary Bettman, Don Fear, uh, and a whole lot more. Right now, uh, speaking of big names, let's welcome Ryan Leslie, your uh, television host of Flames Hockey on Sportsnet. What's up, Ryan? Daddy, you sound fired up today. Wow. I I, I have no idea what this announcement is going to be. I really don't, but... You know, we've been talking about nothing for the last two and a half months. If if it means that there's something to talk about in the somewhat near future, uh, that uh, that'll get a guy a little fired up. Are you suggesting that breaking down a bracket full of chips and candy bars is nothing? Well, that but that's them. Like that, they have they have done better radio than we have. We have actually <laughs> talked about nothing. Seinfeld, I love yeah. it. Except not, except not entertaining. Seinfeld may oh. be the greatest sitcom of all time. Uh, really, Pinder and Steinberg you're really doesn't... pumping your own tires here today, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, keep listening. I'm sorry. I forgot about our 20-minute discussion on fast food yesterday. I guess I'll just go screw myself then. That's a good point. Wow. We did have a... We did have a... Hey, Kleiner, get out of the tub, man. We need you. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! That guy. I, I'm glad this isn't like a Zoom chat or anything. What's happening over there, Klein? Keep it together. Uh, oh. How we? Uh, you talk like that? How we doing, Ryan? We? Uh, how? How are things? You've been. I've been a big contributor to these food brackets in the morning, so uh, I feel like I feel like you're. You know, back to your roots of of helping oh, this yeah. radio station out as a as yeah. a co-host. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> how, are you, um, how are you dealing? Yeah, with this? yeah. We're. I'm ready to start talking hockey. To your point, and it is sounding like we're going to have a, an opportunity to do so um, after some news. I'm, I'm guessing it'll be pretty good. I, I'm with you. I don't know exactly what to expect. My guess strictly a guess is we're going to talk format we're going to talk about protocol and procedure and i don't know if we'll have dates i don't know if we'll have hubs names um but i'm going to guess hopefully we're going to hear that camps will open up mid-june and, and games will get going july and august that's my hope that's my guess the specifics i still think are being worked out but uh, we're going to hear from the commissioner today and i for one welcome it I do as well. Do you? Are you? Uh, are you one that absolutely despises a twenty-four team tournament? Are you one oh. that uh, understands Honestly. why they have to do it? Like, where where are you on on Honestly, the actual? If people format? are despising this, can we just step <laughs> off a little bit? Honestly, here, here. Like, if people are, yeah, and if people are gonna lose it. Pat, it's like I always say, get a hobby. 
<laughs> it's honestly it's let's there's just a bring the game back. A, there was ten games that or so that didn't get finished, and and, and you know what? Canadian teams are in. We got something to watch. If you hate it, best we used to have a best of five. I mean, it worked. Um, and if not, those teams will be out quick. So let's just enjoy. Let's stop having a cause that we've got to disagree with. Just get on board. Let's watch some hockey. Let's have some fun. And let's watch as hopefully the product, which will likely be rusty to start, just improves as we go, which might be different than what we've seen in the past. So let's embrace this unique opportunity. Anybody has a problem, just turn off your TVs and radios. Uncle. That's exactly where I am. And, and like, last check, I I don't believe there has been at any point – um, a government mandate that says you must watch these games or uh, your family will be detained. Like, I, I believe that there uh, remains the option for you. If you hate it, if you despise it so yeah. much, there's lots of other things that you can be doing. Like, you don't have to watch it. They must be fun at parties. But honestly, let's just be happy that hopefully it's the right decision. Hopefully everybody's healthy. Hopefully everybody's being safe. And, and hopefully the game comes back. This is unique. Who knows? Maybe some of these things will hang around going forward um, in terms of protocol and the way things are done. Mm-hmm. But hopefully it gets back to the way it was. I miss the way it was. It may take some time. But now we got something to watch. we got something to chew on. And we don't have to really worry about this stuff much longer because we'll have actual results to talk about. What it looks like, whether or not it's the right way, it's the way it's going to be done. Let's have some yep. fun. Is what it is, and I'm excited for whatever it yeah. ends up looking like. I'm I'm with you there. Have you um, you know, you're 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 as uh, dialed in um when it comes to the Flames as anyone. Have you uh have you had any conversations with with players about you know, look, it's it's not a perfect situation if you're the Flames. You you could be out in a play-in round to the Jets, but have you had any conversations with players about kind of where they're at on the whole thing? Yeah, I I have, and I think it's a lot of let's let's go. I don't think they're worried about it too much. Um, the great equalizer and all this, and I'm quite sure you guys have batted this around. Um, this is about who can get off the couch, who's in shape, who gets the hot goalie, and which stars catch fire right away. That, to me, is what this is about. Forget about whether or not you're having a good season, a bad season, a trying season. It's all it's a new season. None of this matters. Now you get hot quick. And I think as far as the players are concerned, everybody feels optimistic. Everybody feels they got this new lease, this new opportunity. Hopefully everybody's coming back healthy and in game shape. We will see. Can't imagine that is the case. Um, But you could imagine that this will be opposite of what we've seen in the past. The product at the end might be the best when they're hitting their stride, a lot more healthy, and uh, the rust is off. So I think it's just going to get better as it goes. I think the players kind of feel that way. And some of the conversations I've had, it's just, they know uh, they've, they've got to get going. And I think as far as the Flames are concerned, that they have been. So we'll see what it translates to. And that now the next argument for folks becomes, uh, you know, the playoff matchup and Winnipeg and all that type of stuff. So we'll take it as we go. Everybody's got uh, a feeling on all of it. That's why we love this game and why everybody's uh, – you know, so hungry for it. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just it's going to come down to conditioning, goaltending, and finding your stars. 
With Ryan Leslie, uh, your television host of Flames Hockey on Sportsnet, joins us here on Pinder and Steinberg this afternoon. Mr. Klein. Uh, as far as breaking down the, the actual hockey is concerned, uh, do you think this format uh, will allow the, the Flames to show if they've learned from last season's uh, loss against the Avalanche? You know what? Um, as much as I want to say none of that uh, all matters, uh, including this season and last year, I really think, Kleiner, that that one does still resonate with a lot of guys. I think that that loss is uh, still top of mind. And in some of my conversations with the guys informally, it has been. That one hasn't gone away. So I think that that's a legitimate question, a legitimate uh, thing that might be still, even to this day, a motivating factor. Whether or not it uh, it ends up being something that comes out publicly or not, I had a number of conversations with guys right near the end of the regular season and when we were prior to the pause. And that was something that still came up voluntarily, like, you know, in these conversations. So a lot of times you forget about it. Sometimes you learn from it. And uh, I think hopefully in this case, it motivates them even more. Now, with uh, the format, it'll be Flames-Jets in round number one. Uh, these two teams, not uh, this won't be the first time they play in unique circumstances, playing outdoors in Regina earlier this season. Uh, how do you stack up the, the Flames and Jets play-in matchup? Well, again, it kind of gets back to what I said, whoever has those ones. I, I don't really want to compare too much, but if we have to, you know, the Jets are a big team. They've got some firepower. They've got some goaltending. Um, but David Riddick was an all-star, and the Calgary Flames were playing some pretty desperate hockey coming down the stretch. I like that, as opposed to a year ago, 107 points, auto cruise, autopilot. It, it didn't really work when it mattered most. There is a desperation for both teams to get going. It is a unique circumstance. Uh, this is a tough matchup for both teams, guys, and, and I don't know. I, I think probably some outside of this market would, would look at it and say, Winnipeg maybe has the advantage just because of that firepower and that size. But I've never looked mm -hmm. at Winnipeg. Although they are uh, big boys, they don't play big boy hockey all the time. And uh, they kind of go with what's there. And I've never felt that Calgary has been pushed out of too many buildings as it pertains to Winnipeg. So, um, you know, I think Calgary's a little bit more built for the playoffs this time around than a year ago. The learning, the lessons of what Colorado did to them against a lot of firepower over there as well. Um, I like the matchup for both teams. I think it's going to be highly entertaining. And, uh, you know, I think if Calgary is going to take that next step, if Calgary is going to get over it, I mean, they don't have a lot of playoff experience in their lineup, except, you know, there's a few guys who do, as we know. But their core guys, their, their big names, they have to get over the hump. And it starts, if and when this thing gets going against Winnipeg, it has to start in that play-in round, and it has to be a team that we haven't seen. I, I think a lot of us, Pat, you and I have had this conversation. We liked the way they were playing um, coming down the stretch. Mm -hmm. It was different. Um, there was a hunger. There was an adjustment to their game. They were trying to find that consistency. Didn't necessarily have it in terms of wins and losses, but the way they were playing was a little bit more consistent than we had seen throughout a, a very ridiculous season for the Calgary Flames. So, um We'll see, you know, what this looks like. That is a tough opponent for Calgary and one that uh, I think, you know, Winnipeg and their fans probably look at the same as Calgary. Maybe they don't. Maybe, maybe there isn't any any respect there. I don't know. 
but it sure would be fun if if Calgary felt a little bit disrespected because any time any advantage you can muster up this time of year would be just wonderful. So I look forward to it. Now, you said before, obviously not ideal circumstances, but this is a unique situation where you can try a few things new. Uh, they're they're going to be playing games with no people in the crowd, which changes things up from a broadcast perspective. Uh, if you were uh, king of all broadcasting decisions, what would you like to see kind of tried out in empty arenas from a broadcast perspective? Well, I'd certainly like to start probably like everybody else. I'd like piped-in crowd noise. That I can live with. Okay. I don't know if I can live with hmm. You know, Kleiner, Steinberg, and Leslie, cardboard cutout headshots in the sands. Uh, nobody needs to see <laughs> that. You know, Pike and Lubardi. Nobody needs that. Nobody. But at least, yeah, yeah, yeah guy needs guy needs a headshot. Um, but I do want some crowd. I do want some atmosphere, and I, and I look forward to that. Um, I think this is a real opportunity, guys. I look at this from a production standpoint, and I, I think about different camera angles. I think about unique um, access that maybe we haven't seen before. Get us in the room. I don't want to go back necessarily to the pay-per-view days, all access, but get some cameras where we haven't seen them and, uh, and maybe bring us some uniqueness. Since we can't be there, take us there. And if that's a worldwide feed, mm-hmm. fine. If that's exclusive to Sportsnet, great. If that's something that uh, gets us a little bit different of an experience and different access, I want it. Like, I wonder, like, are you going to see different, you know, are you going to see players mic'd up? Are you going to see, you know, I don't want to say gimmicky stuff, but I want to see some unique production. And I'm quite certain that's going to be bad. The one thing we've learned about all this is, you know, we've seen access with players and Instagrams and Zooms and all that. We've seen personalities of these players like we've never seen. If you can't be there for the in-game experience, let's bring the game to you in your house. And I'm kind of curious to see how it all shakes down. Yep. I'm, I'm curious for you, and this is um, just a, a personal question. Ryan Leslie from Sportsnet's with us. I'm curious for you, like are, are, if, if you were asked right now to – uh, relocate, whether it's Columbus, Vegas, Edmonton, Vancouver, and say, hey, we want you to cover this for the next two months, but, you know, you're going to be quarantined and it's going to be cut off from the outside world. Is that something that, that you're jumping at? One word. I'm in. <laughs> I, and I'm with you. I, I know that that's not a universal thing. I know there are players that that uh, would, would maybe not be into that and, and broadcasters, all that type of stuff. But I know for me, and I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I'm quite certain I'll be here doing games. But if, if that were to pop out, yeah, I'd, I'd be all over it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'd, lo- I'd love to go and be a part of it, and I'm not sure how it's so would unique, down. right? Yeah, it is. And, and I think, you know, being around it is important. But honestly, I'm not sure how – how this will look in terms of how much press is allowed in, um, you know, regional early on, um, but it's an all Canadian matchup. So I don't know if, if I'll be there from a hosting standpoint, a uh, reporting standpoint. I mean, Scott Oak is, is uh, a Winnipeg boy and, you know, these types of things. So we'll see. Uh, I have no idea, but I look forward to uh, those discussions uh, if and when they come around and, and certainly, uh, I think, you know, we have such a great team, and and Kelly and Rick as a play-by-play tandem. Where where will that be, Kelly? Like, I don't know. What's it look like? Studio? Is he 
in Toronto? Is he at home? Like, I, I don't know any of it and how it's going to shake down. And I don't know as though that's been a real priority from a league standpoint just yet, but it's certainly on the table. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think uh, the more creative, the better. And so who knows um, how many spots will be allowed? Will they be uh, in the building? Will they be in a studio? I don't know. But again, I think as long as we keep defaulting back, as long as the game's back, that's what matters. And, and we'll all have something real to talk about, like results and, and, and actual plays and who's doing what. That That's what we look forward to is, is kicking that around. So the details sound like they're coming, and I uh, can't wait. Uh, you uh, have you exhausted the Instagram lives? Is it is that because those were those were a nice quarantine distraction? Yeah, they were fun. Um, I hope to bring them back. Uh, we'll see uh, what this all means now. Um, but certainly they were great, and getting that access and having the boys kind of shoot from the hip was fun. There was a couple of real runaways, which was great. Versteeg Versti- uh, and Camilleri, right? Well, I'd throw Brower in there, too. He was one. He actually reached out and said he wanted to do another one, and he wanted to let it fly. Oh, yeah? No filter. Yeah. So we're going to hammer that out. So we talked about Ronaldo coming up. Uh, so there's another beauty oh, for sound bites. That would be an absolute beauty. Yeah. Unfiltered. So yes. we'll, uh, we'll get it going. And, you know, going forward, maybe that becomes a little bit more of a, a thing for everybody. But I, I've certainly enjoyed it. The guys have been great. So. Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed. All right, go have a uh, go have a neutral for me, and uh, hopefully we got good news coming <laughs> in about half an hour's time. Yeah, what a refreshing beverage. <laughs> Bye, Ryan. <laughs> There's Ryan Leslie, uh, the host of Flames Hockey on Sportsnet Television, uh, joining us here this afternoon on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Working hard to reopen soon for sit-down drinks and dining. Atlas Pizza still open for pickup or delivery by calling 403-248-3344. That's 248-3344. Speaking of Atlas Pizza, we have got two more spots in our virtual hot stove to give away our final two spots in the virtual hot stove which is coming up on thursday thursday six o'clock labardius wills myself uh, a zoom call with free atlas pizza and uh we're going to talk some flames and answer some questions for an hour or so so that's coming up thursday at six o'clock if you would like to get yourself some free atlas pizza get yourself as part of the call and uh, come up we'll uh, pull the curtain back and tell some stories about the Calgary Flames and answer some questions. Uh, I've got a trivia question for you at 960-960 right now. I need your first and last name on the text, and I need you to get the correct answer. First two through with the correct answer at 960-960 will be our winners. The question is, the last time the Calgary Flames played a game, March 8th of 2020, it was a 5-3 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas led 3-0 in that game. But the Flames came all the way back to tie it with two minutes and ten seconds remaining in the third period before Shea Theodore scored to give the Golden Knights the win about a minute later. What I need to know at 960-960, who scored the game-tying goal for the Calgary Flames in their last game against the Vegas Golden Knights, which is back on March 8th of 2020? Who scored the game-tying goal at 17.50 of the third period? 960-960 on the text line. First two through are our final two members. 
members of our virtual hot stove coming up on Thursday. Included in that is some free Atlas pizza. We'll give you the answer in just a second. Uh, we are wrapping up our mini show. This is the first hour of the show. Then Tim and Sid, Kleiner and I are back at 4 o'clock from 4 till 6. We will wrap things up on Pinder and Steinberg. Uh, did you happen to uh, be out and about at all yesterday, Kleiner? Bars were back open in some spots. I, I did not go to any, but I uh, I, I was out. I was, uh, went for a walk, and people were back. Rosen Crown was open. Trolley 5 was open around me, and they, they, were, they were busy, as busy as you can be. But uh, everything looked like it was respectful and well-planned out and within the guidelines. It was good to see humans at establishments once again yesterday yeah i i didn't uh didn't go partake but it was definitely you could feel uh, it just had a bit of a different feel that people were starting to slowly work their way back to normal so no it was it was cool to i wasn't necessarily a part of it uh but it was cool to see for sure yeah it was it was it was just neat to see like i was walking down 17th avenue and yes while you were still making sure to get out of people's way and, and give yourself some space while you're walking by them it it felt like a, a May day on 17th of any other year where a pandemic didn't exist. Patios were open. Music was blaring. It was sunny. People were smiling. Uh, donkeys were driving by with loud motorcycles and revving them high. And, <laughs> um, and, and same with, with guys with their mufflers and their Hondas and stuff like that. Like it, it was, it felt like a regular day on 17th. It was just, it was cool to see. So um, I'm glad that, look, not every bar is ready to open yet. I know some have and some haven't, but uh, it was cool to see nonetheless. By the way, we have two winners. The correct answer was Matthew Kachuk scored the game-tying goal on March 8th against the Vegas Golden Knights. Congratulations to Robert and to Kelly. Robert and Kelly are our winners. Uh, I have not texted them, but I will as soon as we hit the commercial break. Uh, so if your name is Robert and your name is Kelly and you do not receive a text from me, then you are not the winner. If you do, well, then you are. Uh, correct answer Matthew Kachuk congratulations to Robert and Kelly they'll be joining our virtual hot stove coming up on Thursday uh, looking forward to that at six o'clock next up Tim and Sid following that we'll be back at four o'clock but as part of Tim and Sid at 2 30 be sure you're tuned in for Gary Bettman's live news conference on all platforms on Sportsnet's uh, Sportsnet's network reach so television radio online make sure you check it out Gary Bettman 2 30 p.m. this afternoon Tim and Sid for the next two hours coast to coast is next on a very important day on Sportsnet 960 the fan Strange times for sure. Sportsnet 960 The Fan is here for you. No sports? No problem. Pinder and Steinberg continues right now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome to or welcome back to the program as uh, we just finished up with Tim and Sid. They took the nationwide brunt of the burden of today's NHL announcement. Great stuff uh, across the country on Sportsnet and the Sportsnet Radio Network. We heard from Don Fear. We heard from Gary Gary Bettman. You just heard from Brian Burke as well. And now we're here with you on Pinder and Steinberg until 6 o'clock this afternoon. Um, happy, happy... Tuesday and happy NHL 
return. Um, and it's uh, it's it's a really interesting day. I think that we can. I, I think that when it comes uh, when it comes down to it. Uh, we got way more news than we bargained for uh, from that from that Gary Bettman news conference today. I really do feel like there's a whole lot more news today than I thought we were going to get. I, I thought that it was going to be um, a lot of stuff that we already knew, but there was a lot of stuff in there, Kleiner, that we did not know about the NHL and about the NHL's return. Yeah, um, th- there's still obviously a lot left to be decided, and that's completely out of the NHL's control, as this entire thing has been. Uh, but a-, a couple of notes for sure. Well, we got a little clarity on the uh, NHL's draft lottery, although uh, not in the, the easiest ways of exp- uh, explanation. Um, the-, the biggest one for me was the two hub cities. We-, we had heard initially that four was going to be the, the main part. Now it's two. Uh, training camp, the other one that jumped out to me was training camp no earlier than July. July 1st that was kind of a oh okay uh I, I was I don't know what I was expecting because I mean we're a week away from June so it would make complete sense that they would need about a month to to get everything ready and then yeah the, the draft lottery being uh being what it is was certainly I think one of the bigger talking points for people coming out of this yeah well let's 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 jump right into it um I the, the best of five playing round is now confirmed. We we were right. fairly certain that was going to be the case, um, and now we know that, for instance, it'll be the Flames and the Winnipeg Jets in round one of the, well, I guess not even round one, in the play-in play round to determine the first-round matchups of the postseason. That is confirmed. What, what I really liked is that they gave us a little bit of information as to how it's going to look. Uh, it's going to be a playoff format, so playoff overtime. Um, so no shootouts, nothing like that. That best-of-five play-in round, just like uh, a one-game playoff in the majors. They do, you know, they do playoff rules, playoff umpires, all that type of stuff. Well, this best-of-five play-in round for the NHL will be with playoff rules what the interesting differentiation was there was that that kind of four team round robin at the top of each conference will be under regular season rules and not under playoff rules which you can understand and the regular season is now officially done that was made clear Mm -hmm. so from a statistical standpoint it will not be even Uh, awards will be given out in a uh, I guess uneven manner because of it but those were some of the big takeaways for me the fact that we, we got that news today and we got that information today. Yeah, the, that was certain. The, the uh, regular season overtime I thought was noteworthy as well. Um, yeah, no, it, it's just a, a lot of stuff confirmed that we we definitely needed to get confirmed as we move on. But no, the 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 regular season being over, I was wondering how they were going to handle that, especially with a a pretty important goal chase going on right now with uh, Alexander Ovechkin trying to hunt down Wayne Gretzky. So. The, that clarification was was certainly necessary and certainly needed as we move forward with this. It's I, I'm I'm still genuinely looking forward to it. I, I think it's going to be uh, a lot of fun if and when we can get this thing going. But uh, now it's just now we got to get there. But at least we have a couple dates to look forward to the the draft lottery and then at least. Uh, the beginning of July, we get going with some NHL training camps. But we have actual real-life matchups in front of us now that we can start to break down and and start to get ready for, uh, albeit under uh, unusual circumstances. What what do we think about a best-of-five 
series between the Flames and the Jets. Like what what does what like I I think that's pretty exciting. I think that there's a lot to sink your teeth into uh, when it comes to a matchup like that. That's exciting for me. Um, an all-Canadian matchup between the Flames and the Winnipeg Jets, like, let's have at her. Um, I think that the Flames will be somewhat in in tough um, because I, I do think that that's a very good Jets team on the other side. But at the same time, uh, I think that that's going to be a really competitive best of five series that is played between those two teams. So that's I'm excited for the, the potential of a Flames and Jets round number one. Yeah, I, I think, think it's going to be a great play in round. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not 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 round one. How dare you consider these playoff games, Pat, in this uh, best of five series? Uh, no, it, it's going to be tricky for the Flames. This is a, a tough pull. And I think the reason that gives you a, a bit of pessimism about the Flames chances is I, I think the goalie edge, if Connor Hellebuck comes right out of the gates ready to go, is rather significant for Winnipeg. Hellebuck has turned himself into the one of the better goalies in the National Hockey League. So, We'll see right away um, if he if he is on a roll, that Jets team is going to be tough to beat. But you look at the, the forward groups, Shifley, Lyonet, Monaghan, Gaudreau, um, that, that Jets team has done a, a fantastic job of piecing together the blue line all season long with uncertainty around Dustin Bufflin, Tyler Myers leaving. This is not going to be a cakewalk for the Calgary Flames. It's an 8-9 matchup in the Western Conference, and it looks every bit as close as, uh, I believe it's .001 percentage points separating these two teams in points percentage. So no, it's, it's going to be tough. And the Jets are a type of team that even if, you get through there it's not going to be an easy out you're going to be dealing with the, the ramifications of that into a second round against whoever the top seed is going to be well and and what was it when it was all said and done a 0.01 percent uh difference between the two teams in points percentage they couldn't have been any closer in terms right. of the regular season records either right like it was that close between the flames yeah. and the jets and and as we've discussed, uh, as we discussed yesterday with Ryan Pike, well, we don't really have the most normal game to go back to to, to draw a comparison between these two game uh, two teams. These are two teams in the same conference who won't play a usual game all season long. They play outdoors in front of thirty three thousand fans, and now their next game is going to be in front of a grand total of nobody. So it's you don't have just a oh well you can go back to the regular season to see how these teams handle weird circumstances. So no, it's I'm I'm very intrigued by this matchup. I think it would be it's it's too bad that I mean it's too bad any of this is happening in front of empty arenas. But the the crowd atmosphere in Winnipeg and Calgary for that matchup would have been absolutely spectacular but we can just imagine what that would have looked like well yeah and i mean the the point about the fact that we're not going to see the the flames and the jets the, they, they could play six times this year and in those six games um not one of them could be played in well not one of them will be played in winnipeg or calgary because the, right. the teams that were the, the the hub cities that were announced not one of them was winnipeg or calgary right yeah, no, stunned that um, the the place without an airport and the place with the oldest building in the league uh, aren't being considered for for Boo. hub cities. Thanks, Ryan Pinder. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Pinder on the uh, on the show again, uh, back uh, back from his time on the morning show um, with a uh, Winnipeg airport blast right there. Nah. Um, they're not even playing in Winnipeg, Klein. It's not one of the hub cities, so there you go. They can drive to whatever hub city they need to get to, Klein. 
Yeah, it'd probably be easier to drive in instead of flying in. You're right. How many airports were you from, Klein? It's a good question. In my town of 2,500 people that yep. has a junior B hockey yep. team? Yep. None. Exactly. <laughs> Get off of Winnipeg's back. <laughs> yeah, why do you hate Winnipeg so much, Klein? Yeah, Winnipeg, the Assiniboia, Saskatchewan of Manitoba. It's what I've always thought. That's <laughs> how I've always approached it. Um, yeah. what, we did not get any information on bracket or seating, uh, so we don't know what that looks like at this point. Um, that is something that is still up in the air, according to um, according to Gary Bettman and, and the news that we mm-hmm. found out today. So we don't know on that front whether we're you know we don't know whether or not they'll be reseated or if it's just going to be a straight up bracket. I think I prefer I, I prefer the bracket. If I'm being perfectly honest, I, I think I prefer the bracket when when we're talking about this thing. Yeah, it's just a level of certainty and something that you can gear up towards. Like this, this whole thing is a bit more complicated anyway. Like it's just it's not normal. So why not have just a usual? This team plays this team, and then this team plays this team. I don't know why you would need to. Not I mean we're all smart enough to figure it out, but you can do a bracket challenge on sportsnet.ca and just get people more invested in these types of things. And the, the gambling aspect of it would be rather impactful as well. Uh, So yeah, I I see no reason why you, you wouldn't go with a bracket looking at it from a flames perspective, um, just purely from Calgary's point of view. Do you think that there's uh, an advantage either way, A, a bracket, you're stuck with the number one seed, no matter what, Reseeding, if there's an upset in there, maybe you, you get a, an easier break in the, the second round. I don't know. I don't know if I I don't know if I see a definitive um, I, I don't know if I see a definitive advantage one way or the other. Like, I mean, I think it's gonna be tough enough for Calgary to because because Calgary would play if it's a bracket straight up Calgary would play St. Louis. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I guess if you can avoid the defending Stanley Cup champions who look like a team that is built for the playoffs. That's probably that's probably your best bet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. So I, I guess maybe the advantage would be is is if they reseed, but I mean, in a lot of ways, the Flames have a pretty decent chance if they get past the Jets of being one of the lowest seeds in the playoffs, regardless. Right? But I, I so, guess we should also say that that St. Louis matchup isn't determined either because they're going to do their round robin. Right. There's thing. a best. Well, and that's one thing that we didn't get any information on. Right. We we still don't know what that. I mean, they didn't give us any specifics on that best of mm-hmm. uh, or that that round robin. I mean, they, they said there's going to be a round robin that determines seating for the top four teams, but they didn't decide. They didn't tell us exactly what that's going to be. Like, can you go from four to one based on three games? Can you really get the top seed in the conference by winning a couple of games in the three game mini tournament that that we did not get any information on so that still remains up in the air and that's still something that they need to figure out um but yeah yeah i mean uh, that 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 might be the the biggest unknown that we've gotten from this whole thing is the fact that um we we don't know what that top four tournament's going to end up looking like which i think is fair there's and, and and gary bettman said it a number of times there's a lot of things that still need to be figured out here 
Yeah, and as you can imagine, th this is a, a very unpredictable time. So th they still have a few things to, to work through. I, I think today was just letting people know, okay, this is the format. These are the matchups that we are going with. We're not going to have a draft next week. You can stop worrying about those sorts of things, but we still have a number of different issues to, to work out. So I, I know it's, we know it's going to be around Robin and we know it's going to be regular season overtime rules, but I, I don't believe it was established. If Dallas goes three and zero and St. Louis goes zero and three, where do those teams stack up? So just yeah. a, a few more things to work out. One and maybe like he did, like maybe he did. Say, basically, what he said. We're gonna hear the Gary Bettman. If you missed it, we're gonna hear that again before we're done at six o'clock. But basically, I mean, he did say there will be a round robin tournament that decide determines seating, but he didn't really um, didn't really get into any of the specifics that would go into that. And I, I think that's probably something much like whether it's a bracket format or a reseeding format, uh, whether the first round and the second round are best of fives or best of sevens. Uh, I, I would assume that those are things that are still being worked out by the players association and the league that, that seems like something that can still be determined. None of this or, or not all of this is finalized. What is finalized is 24 teams. What is finalized is the uh, play in rounds and, and what those matchups are going to, look like and what is finalized is the draft lottery format which we'll get into in just a second otherwise there's still a lot of other things that are up in the air and a lot of other things that we're still left wondering but it's exciting that we're having these conversations it's exciting that you know we we actually have these things to now look forward to early june for phase two sometime in july for phase three and then starting to play hockey again you know probably looking at late july early august if all goes according to plan and that that remains a big if because we don't know if everything is going to go according to plan that that is very much up in the air still totally like there's there's still and all of this stuff was announced, but if something drastic changes in the world in the next month or two, some of this stuff could be up in the air too. Like there's, this is, it's the most overused phrase ever right now, but these are unprecedented times. So things can change in an instant, but the fact that we have actual laid out eight matchups that, that we can go through for play-in rounds, and we have a round robin that we can start to look forward to, and we have a draft lottery process, and instead of just, okay, well, what could this look like, and what could this look like? Now we can go, okay, it looks like this. What happens when X, Y, and Z, and start to get back to the things we love to talk about in sports, not what we have been talking about for the last little while. 960-960 on the text line if you'd like to get in on the conversation. would love to hear your thoughts on what you heard today from Commissioner Gary Bettman. Love it, hate it, excited, stoked. Uh, give us your thoughts at 960-960. Pinder and Steinberg is underway on a Tuesday afternoon. He's Peter Klein. My name is Pat Steinberg. Logan Gordon is in our Basement Systems downtown studio. It's 4.37 p.m. Calgary time, but it feels like it's about 10 at night. It's that dark outside all of a sudden because of the weather. Uh, so be safe if you're on the roads it looks like it's slick out there um you can get us on the radio at 9 60 a.m you can get us online sportsnet.ca slash 9 60 on your radio player canada app on your smart speaker and on instagram live uh, come on through we are uh, we figured out our technical issues so we're back on ig live uh at steinberg 1984 if you want to follow along and and look at uh 
us while we're doing the show. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but the option is there for you. My hair. Um, my hair is why you would want to do Your that. hair and, and my upgraded backdrop at my place. Yes. I've, I've turned it in. I've got, I've got a TV screen with a logo that I've I've even swapped around where you can uh, – it, it is now not backwards. So I, I've even fixed that, and my logo is correct on Instagram Live. So um, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Let's get into the – as you get your text in at 960960 – Let's get into the draft lottery side of this because I think that was the most complicated part of all of what Gary Bettman announced today. I think I've got a pretty good grasp on it that the Coles notes of the draft lottery would be they're going to do the first phase on June 26th, and that is going to include the seven teams that are not included in this 2014 restart, and uh, then eight other dummy spots that are going to be placeholders for the teams that end up getting eliminated in the best of five play-in round. So with that, they'll hold the first phase of the lottery. If the first three spots in the lottery go to the seven teams that aren't playing, that's it. Lottery's done. If one of those placeholder teams, the other eight, end up getting one of the top three spots. Then they will do phase two of the lottery, which will determine which one of the losing teams in the best of five play-in round would get one of those spots, and that will determine the rest of the draft lottery. So that's that's kind of the Coles Notes Reader's Digest version of it. I, I think I understand it, um, and I think I understand why they're doing it, but what was your reaction to the uh, somewhat complicated uh, nature of the draft lottery mr klein it, it seemed a little unnecessarily complex well, when you have a chance to just sit down and, and look at it it is actually pretty simple seven actual teams eight hypothetical teams if one of the hypothetical teams wins it then you have another lottery featuring the teams that are in those spots like it's it, it is relatively simple but it just it seems like it's one phase too many and i understand kind of wanting to to get it done and hoping that all three spots in the, the top are won by teams that aren't in a qualifying round matchup because then you just have it done and taken care of instead of the, this kind of Schrodinger's draft pick where you don't know who's going to have it and, and how it's going to be. So it, it's, it just feels like why not just wait till after the, the first playing round do 15 teams and just have a draft lottery here. Like it, here is the reason why I think that they went about it this way, because I think they want to, if possible, not have the teams playing in the best of five play-in round also knowing that there might be draft lottery implications. And, and not like I ever think that there would be teams that would be, oh, well, we could get a higher spot in the draft lottery. Let's not play here in this uh, best of five. I'm not suggesting that at all. But I think they want to make sure if they can. Ideally, they'd just like it to be done before the other teams come in and they concede from there. Um, and, and so if they get lucky enough, and I would suggest you're probably, there's it's more likely than not that would be the case. But mm. I, I think that that's, I think that's why they're doing it, so that there is nobody that can say that, well, the integrity of the best of five playing got messed up because uh, there was draft lottery implications. As silly as that, as silly as that suggestion is, I, I think that they wanted to do it this way so that they don't have to worry about any of that. That that's my yeah. read on it because I think ideally what you're saying is right, but I, I I think that the the main reason why they decided not to go down that road is so they don't have to worry about any of those you know any 
thoughts of subterfuge or side eyes that are being leveled at uh, at the NHL. That that is my no, guess I, as to why they're doing. And it. I I get it. It feels like overthinking it though. Like I don't think any of these guys are going to to come out of quarantine, go into a training camp for a month after a 10 week break just to get their asses kicked three times so that their team gets a better draft pick. Um and I And I don't I'm not think suggesting this... that, but I just I don't think they well, don't. want to have like no playoff team has ever been in the draft lottery, right? And right. these are not technically playoff games, but they're not technically regular season games. So I, I don't think they want any playoff teams involved in the draft lottery here either. That That is my guess as to why they did a phased draft lottery. Yeah, it just it, to me it feels like overthinking. Like it's just you – I don't think you needed to do this. I, I think that – Is there anything the, wrong the, with overthinking though? Like isn't, isn't – like don't you want to – be prepared for every eventuality at this stage in the game? Well, yes, but I, I even being prepared for every eventuality, I don't think you need to be prepared for a team possibly tanking out of the playoffs to get a better draft pick. And really, if you, things don't go your way draft lottery-wise, and I'm talking about the NHL's way in this, even if it doesn't go that way, and all of a sudden you have two of the top three spots available for teams out, then you've given teams more of an incentive to work their way out of it and into a draft lottery spot. Not saying that's going to happen. I think that would be insane. Uh, just A, the odds-wise, and B, I don't think any team is considering that at all. To me, just, just wait for the... Um, wait for the end of the qualifying round, and go on with it. I guess now potentially we have two made-for-TV NHL draft events. And that, draft that's the other thing I was thinking, but, too. It could yeah. come down to, to do, oh, we might be able to do two events. And Is there a chance that we could get two sponsored things as opposed to one sponsored thing? And right. Like, eh, it sounds a little cynical, but, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's completely off base either. Yeah. And look, I, I am all for a bunch of weird stuff when it comes to the draft lottery and i think having an extra layer of well i mean if this team loses they might have a shot at the first overall pick um hanging over the these best of five games would be absolutely incredible uh but i i just i don't i don't think they need it to go this far mm -hmm. because i don't think it's going to factor into literally any of the team's decision making Okay, uh, text 960-960, get them in. We'll read those around the corner. Uh, just before we go to our first break of the program, we are underway on Pinder and Steinberg today. Uh, I do have one important question to ask, and that is, could Gary Bettman not have figured out a better background for his, uh, for his call today? Like, the very strange kind of like chickpea yellow wall i i, I could have mm. like I, i'm watching the zoom call that uh gary bettman and deputy commissioner bill daly are on right now i'm recording it as we speak and bill daly's in his basement he's got pictures he's got like a a nice display shelf bettman's got a light switch and a yellow wall <laughs> like, it could, yeah. like we saw roger goodell at the nfl draft roger goodell's basement looked like a palace and, and I'm not saying that, you know, the commissioner of the NFL makes $40 million a year. So uh, there might be some differences. But, like, when Peter Klein's backdrop on Instagram Live is better than the commissioner of the NHL's, I, I feel like there might be a little bit of a problem. Yeah, I, I think we'll call it a draw on that one because I, I am also someone who is backdrop-duly challenged. Um, but it, it's definitely advantage uh, Roger Goodell. And really um, – I would say 31 NFL GMs and coaches had better setups than Gary Bettman as well. Of course, the obvious exception being Mike Vrabel. Um, but aside from that, like get, get a yacht or something kid. like, uh, 
oh, that was, I mean, all of that was a rough go. Every single bit of it was, uh, was really, really rough. But uh, yeah, that, that was, that was kind of, huh, we can't even get like an, an NHL, like pull down thing. Like we have in, couldn't in get promotions. in front of a TV like, screen. Like I uh, couldn't do right. anything. Yeah. Do you not have one bookshelf in your place? Like what's I, I now need to have NHL cribs with Gary Bettman to see what the, how bad is the rest of the place that that was the spot that they, they decided to hold this thing at. Uh, a couple of uh, comments on IG live. Uh, not to mention, Brad says not to mention his grandkid banging pots in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, at first, I thought, is he outside? Is there a is there yeah. a storm? Like, it sounds like it was raining, <laughs> and then like all the com- you couldn't mute your sounds on your computer. Like every ten right. seconds, you're do do do. Like okay, yeah, the email thing. Like that's, <laughs> and it happened multiple times. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> says on Batman's backdrop, it's the color that matches his personality. I I will say, <laughs> it is a very yeah. Gary Batman backdrop. I I am not one of those people that likes to rag on Gary Bettman at all. Um, I'm only poking fun at the background on, on his uh, on his um, television appearance. But like, he's done a really good job through this. I think he's been a really calming influence and and has done a great job of being able to lead the nhl through an extremely difficult and the word of the the year unprecedented time like i I think he's done a really good job of of being able to keep this on the narrow and not have this go off the rails and i give him a lot of credit for that um so yeah, I, I I do think that both he and Don Fear deserve a lot of credit for how this has has gone to this point. And as, as Tim and Sid said, like had had you told me that the NHL was going to be the first of the major of the four major North American pro sports leagues to say we're coming back and to come out with actual plans and announce those actual plans. I would not have believed you. I would have said baseball and then basketball or the NHL. Well, here's the NHL out in front of all three of them. And and the NFL doesn't really count because, A, I'm fully, fully confident they're playing every single one of their games, whether it's in front of fans or not. The NFL will play. I don't have any doubts about that. Um, But, A, because they've got way more lead time, and B, because of the NFL, the financial might, they'll just be able to make it happen. Yeah. for better or for worse. But, yeah, for yeah. the NHL to be ahead of Major League Baseball and the NBA, um, that's, uh, th- that, that was a little surprising to me, and I think that both Gary Bettman and, and Don Fear deserve a lot of credit in that. Yeah, if the NHL was in the same position that MLB is uh, in right now, I don't, we'd be pissed, but I don't think anyone would be surprised. Uh, I think that uh, a lot of people, given the past history of the League of the Players Association, I think a lot of people – may have been a little concerned as to what this relationship was going to look like, but they have been at least publicly, I'm sure there have been a few discussions back and forth um, and a few disagreements back and forth, but in front of the the public eye, they have been in lockstep this whole time. And I, you can't even say that about the NBA who have, are very kumbaya with their, their players association yep. on a lot of different things, but no, the NHL has handled this. I think, absolutely perfectly right from right from the word go really 
Okay, uh, on Pinder and Steinberg this afternoon, if you're just joining us, we are underway. We had a, a, a mini show from 1 till 2, and now another mini show until 6 o'clock. Chris Johnston, our NHL insider, will join us at 5.30. We will hear Gary Bettman again. If you missed the particulars of the NHL's relaunch plan earlier today, we will hear that again. Uh, so all that coming your way before 6 o'clock on Pinder and Steinberg this afternoon. But your text coming up next, 960-960, your thoughts on the NHL relaunch where you are on it questions comments 960960 we'll get to your texts around the corner klein logan my name is pat steinberg this is pinder and steinberg on sportsnet 960 the fan back to pinder and steinberg calgary sports talk in the afternoon sportsnet 960 the fan on a rainy NHL relaunch Tuesday welcome back to the program steinberg and klein along with you um as we said, text 960960. NHL has, here's your Coles notes on what the NHL announced today. If you missed it a little earlier, they announced, number one, that they are going to do this 2014 play-in without exact dates announced. They have announced what the play-in matchups are going to look like. Um, they have announced what the draft lottery is going to look like, and phase one of that draft lottery is going to be on June 26th. We know there are going to be two hub cities for the 2014 relaunch. Uh, we don't know what those two hub cities are going to be, but three Canadian cities are under consideration. Edmonton, Vancouver, and Toronto, along with seven American cities. So those are kind of the Coles notes of what we have uh, learned today. Here's some text, 960-960. I'm very relieved the NHL got ahead of the other leagues in making announcements. They are the smallest league, and a large portion of their fans come from Canada. Just as far as marketing goes, it's better to stay in the public's mind when you're competing against juggernauts. And I, I, I don't think that's false, Klein. Like, I think getting out in front of it, I'm not saying, like, they're not the first ones back. UFC's back and NASCAR's back in this in the, on this continent, so it's not that they're the first ones back. Um, but I do think being able to I don't think this is their primary motivation at all, but I do think being the first league to come out with news, I do think is significant for them. Yeah, and, and just looking, they are the lead story on uh, ESPN.com right now. That don't happen a lot. With, I, with the I saw National I Hockey saw League. prominent like NFL insiders, NBA insiders, Major League Baseball insiders in the United States retweeting and and talking about news from the NHL, which they would never be uh, doing otherwise. So yeah, this yeah, is this a, is a big time news cycle item in the United States. Yeah, uh, Mike Wilbon has uh, there, there's a minute twelve video of him discussing the the NHL's playoff plan. I think that's about a minute and eleven more than he's discussed the NHL at uh, at any point throughout the season. So no, it's there is certainly something to that, and, and it's one of the things you and I discussed about the NHL draft coming back when when we thought that there was a chance we'd be coming back. Uh, looking at the calendar next week, um, one of the the thoughts around that was get this thing back so that you, you have the the widest scope and you have as many eyeballs on your product as possible. And I do wonder, while obviously safety and science and medical this, that, and the other thing are all very much going to be the main drivers, I do wonder how much pressure there is to be the first one back, to, to be all due respect to Korean baseball and NASCAR, um, to, to be back before Major League Baseball, to be back before the, the National Basketball Association. I, I don't think we're too worried about coming back before the NFL. That thing's a juggernaut anyway. But 
it, it does seem like if you could get out in front of those guys and at least have some of your Bane games being played before them, that would be a bit of a boost. I wonder if that creates any long-term fans, but at least it's something. Um, what else we got at 960960? Pat and Klein, during the season, many said this could be the last ride for Calgary's core unless they have a deep playoff run. Does that still apply for these playoffs? It's really interesting to me because we talked about this I want to say two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we discussed, yeah. you know, is is this still because we don't know what we didn't know anything at that point. But c- could this still be a year where it's used as an evaluation for the flames in their core and making decisions? I don't know if you can do it the same way. I'm not saying that, you know, you would if, if you have a deal that makes sense this offseason that you wouldn't do it but i just i don't know if you can look at this and say well they went out in round one to the st louis blues and now it's completely and it's completely cut and dry well because they're out in round one now we're trading monahan and gaudreau and we're blowing the thing up i i think it might cause them to pause things or might cause them to to maybe delay things a little bit well and even to that point pat i'm curious as to what this does for players who might have been free agents and were looking for paydays outside of the team yeah. they were currently on. The salary cap's not going up now. We we know that. that This has changed all of that financially. If you're Travis Hamnick or TJ Brody and you were sitting there thinking, uh, maybe I could get a better deal going out to free agency this summer, maybe you're a little more comfortable coming back at a similar salary and staying put in Calgary where you know you're okay with the playing situation and you're okay with the money that you're getting because that payday is not going to be up there. There's not going to be as many teams that have that money to spend. So I think not only does it change from a team's perspective as to how they evaluate it, but whether or not a player wants to take a chance out in free agency now is also really affected. Yeah, this is going to be kind of like when the NHL first brought in the salary cap and no one had any idea what a regular – like what the the scale should be. It was like, okay, we're going to give this guy 3 million. Is that is that good? Is that bad? Did did we did we do well? It it's going to be really weird and it's going to be a major scaling back for some of the the major players that are available. The the Taylor Halls and the Petrangelos and those guys. It's going to be very interesting, I think, what this entire offseason is going to to look like. So yeah, that that's that's certainly going to be one and as far as judging playoff stuff is concerned we can say now look it's weird circumstances i don't think you can judge it either way if the flames get pumped in three or four by the jets you're going to be taking a lot of those calls in overtime trading this that guy and the other one for anything they could possibly get their hands on so um Mm -hmm. i think right now as we all take a sober look at this it's easy to say oh yeah no it's you can't possibly judge this group and maybe just give them a pass until next season but if these playoffs end the same way that the last ones did i don't care if there was two people in the stands twenty thousand or whatever people are going to be upset do you guys think there will be more one-year extensions this year for ufas till there's more of a normal season or a normal off season i i wonder about that a lot like if you're yeah i think so. eric gustafson or or tj brody or travis hamannick do you say ah you know what i'll, I'll sign a one-year extension um and stay with the devil i know not 
that's just the phrase, but like I, I'll stay with the Flames and and try summer of 2021 to go out and, and hit free agency. I wonder if there's a whole lot more of those. I mean, obviously the big names. Taylor Hall doesn't have to worry about that. Alex Petrangelo doesn't have to worry about that. If you're a big name, you'll be paid. But if you're in a different tier of free agent. I, I believe there there's a decent or, or, or better than decent chance that you'll see more one-year contracts for, for that reason that, that Logan just talked about because the, the cap's not going up. There's uncertainty everywhere, and even if it's one year of certainty, you'll take that as opposed to you know potentially having to go and not know what you're going to do, and then are you on a PTO at training camp, all that type of stuff, right? Well, exactly. The top guys always get paid, and they always will because you'll always find – money for Petrangelo or Taylor Hall. You you're right. You you just might not find money. Maybe you just sit there and go, "Ah, eh, there's a guy in our system that we think could, you know, be a 6-7 guy. He's coming in at league minimum. We can push that instead of going out and spending a million or two on a a veteran guy like that." I think there's going to be a ton of guys who totally rethink their offseason the next year or two years even. Wouldn't shock me if this is a I think we see two years down the road affecting guys in their free agent decisions. Yeah, absolutely. I know like, there's been a- it's it's such a hit to, to hockey related revenue, which is what the salary cap is entirely based on. So I, I'm sure there are going to be some things to to help limit the the losses of this, but I think this is gonna be financially a situation that's felt for quite a while. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, that that is one hundred percent truth. Um, a couple of other texts nine six zero nine six zero. Just think the level of compete will not be there. Uh, have a hunch this will be a flop, and of course the asterisks on the winner. If Calgary wins the whole thing, we'd never hear the end of it. I don't. I don't. I see the. I, I I don't see the asterisks thing the same way others do. You're still going to have to win four rounds and maybe five rounds of playoff hockey to win to win a Stanley Cup. I, I yeah, is it different? Yes, but does it mean that it's an asterisk or the Stanley Cup winner is unworthy? I I don't buy that myself. I really don't. Well, and as someone points out on the text line, then if we're not going to to do the asterisk thing, which I agree with, then why? why aren't we we judging this flames group based off of this too like it's it's an interesting discussion to have especially with this flames one because of how important this season was but no i i am fully on board with this is the stanley cup playoffs and it's the same weird situation for everybody and you still like pat said some of these teams are gonna have to win 19 playoff type games to make their way uh, onto that trophy that there's not going to be a little mark beside whoever wins and i guarantee you oh i don't i wouldn't even want the flames to win it that way uh yeah you would you definitely would um that the, it's you may not get the parade down 17th Avenue or wherever they would have the parade uh, because I don't know if parades will be allowed by then, but it's it's still going to be something pretty special for whichever team wins it. Uh, so what happens with the Lucic and Neil, Neil trade pick? Um, I know the pick isn't high. Yeah, that additional pick is is not going to be coming to the Flames. Um, that, that, I think, is is pretty, pretty set in stone because... 
uh, the, the the conditions will not end up being met. The regular season is done, so the conditions won't be me met. So I, I don't believe the Flames will be getting that extra pick from the Oilers. Uh, Parsons says, happy for the announcement today. Winnipeg's going to be an interesting challenge. I'm also happy David Riddick gets some time to rest. That's a good point. He looked worn out there in, in the stretch drive, and Cam Talbot was starting to take the bulk of the starts. Um, and well, did and, we not hear he had an injury and, and he was during injured. this? Yeah, exactly. Lo- logo logo points out that um, we're, we're talking about a guy that was was dealing with an elbow injury at some point. So all of it uh, arrested and potentially 100 percent healthy. David Riddick, I think, is a good thing for the Calgary Flames. And then finally, this writes, I don't understand why the NHL is forcing the play for the NHL playoffs. Why don't they wait until next year, make a super season out of it with points from both seasons, add the rest of the remaining games of this year to next year, then have a best of seven, including the playoff round, play-in round. Forcing a playoffs this season is a huge turnoff for me, and I will not be tuning in. Hold on. So that this season, finishing this season is too gimmicky for you, but combining seasons isn't gimmicky uh that that seems like a it's a weird flex for me and then if the the stanley cup winner at the end gets two stanley cups because they're the champions of both years so they get a super mega stanley cup it'll be the stanley cupper um yeah no it's i i understand maybe a, a bit of frustration about it being gimmicky but i, I don't think it's overly gimmicky if you want to say it's if not safe for the players it's don't yeah. watch. Nobody yeah. is holding your face to a television to watch this. It, it's it like, I if you're a Penguins fan, I can get I, I can get a little bit of. Well, we might get knocked out by Montreal. Like, don't lose to Montreal. Montreal is a bad team. Uh, so don't lose to Montreal if you're Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and and you know the the recent two-time Cup winners. Don't lose to the Habs. I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, same with the Oilers. I mean, can I understand an Oilers fan being a little upset that? Well, they were basically assured a playoff spot. Now they got to play Chicago in a best of five where anything can happen. Yeah, I can under- understand that. But at the same time, like, don't lose. Um, this is not, like, for, for those who are upset, I, I just don't. This is the most messed up time in our entire lifetime. Like, it, for, especially for us with our first world problems. This is the most messed up time that we've ever lived through for most of us. Not all of us, but for most of us, this is the most screwed up thing that we've ever been through. So the fact that it's a little bit different and not the regular playoffs and and not exactly what we're used to, so what? I mean, I'd rather that. I'd rather have something in a pandemic. I'd rather have something to sink my teeth into, an escape, a distraction, uh, something to make make these days that have been very difficult at times a little more bearable i'd rather have that than nothing it's not a gimmick to me it's making the best of a bad situation and and that is i have like there's no problem with making the best of a bad situation if if the if the choice is do nothing or make the best of it I'm going to fall on the make of the best of it every single time i don't understand the the dislike for this i do not i can understand mild frustration i can understand mild griping especially if you're one of these teams that that could be jobbed a little bit but in the end for me it is so much better than nothing and it's not close very well said i don't know if i can add on to that at all like that it's i i i understand it's not one plays eight, or, but even the, the system they have now with wild cards and division winners and stuff like that, there's a bit of gimmick in there, and it's been admitted that there's a gimmick in there, so you get rivalries. This just has a bit more, and 
if you're wondering why 24 teams, why not, whatever, as someone on the text line is, it's to just absolutely positively make sure that anyone who had a sniff of the playoffs is getting into this. So I, I've said it before. I have no problem. Even in a pandemic, I would entertain this type of a, a playoff format. And under normal circumstances, 24 might be a bit much. But I have no problem with this format. I'm very excited to see this whole thing play out, even if it's not the absolute perfect way to decide a champion. Tournaments are weird anyway. So I have absolutely no issue with it whatsoever. I'm excited to, to have it back on the TV whenever it's coming back. I'm, I'm not as desperate for for a distraction uh, netflix is kind of huge but i i have no problem with uh, the nhl coming back in, in this way well what's what's the alternative that's my question here to, well, the to someone who's, the, the who's complaining is, about Logan, this is nothing the alternative is nothing right it's it's not giving out the stanley cup this year it is not um it, it's it's not playing again until next season, um, and 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 here's the thing, like I, I don't know, like is there a guarantee that they'd be playing in October if they don't uh, finish this year? I don't know if there is. Like this gives them here here's what I think they're doing, and this is what's important. I think they're giving themselves an opportunity to finish this season, which is good. Recoup some lost money from not finishing this season, which is is important for everybody involved in the league, and then also giving them a chance to start next season a little bit later but with a much 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 better chance of fans and buildings because no league other than maybe the nfl can sustain itself over a long period of time with no fans and for a playoffs for one year for a month and a half or two months to give out a stanley cup in a messed up situation is one thing to start next season and play three months without fans is another thing so if they can push the start of the regular season back to december or or january and that gives them a chance to have even half capacity arenas in a lot of spots, then I think that there is, is definite financial reason to do that. So that's the other part of this is that I, I don't know if they'd be able to do that in October, but maybe in December they will be able to. So I, I think there's a lot that goes into this. And, and to your point, the alternative, Logan, is that they don't do it at all. If they just no Stanley Cups given out this year and they completely cancel the season. I, I'd much rather them try doing something and make the best of an unideal situation than do nothing at all. Well, that's what I mean. And that's, this goes back to the text about mega season guy next year, you know, where everyone has, you know, you got to get 200 points to get to the playoffs because you've combined two years or whatever. Like, what, what exactly is going on in all of this that doesn't make you want to watch this? What else do you have going on right now in all of this where concerts are shut down, yeah, you maybe you can go to a restaurant on a patio, but it's not like you can go out with a large group of friends and do all of this. And if you're listening to the sports radio station and if you're texting into a sports radio station, I'm assuming sports is a pretty big portion of your life and something that you're quite invested in. So tell me what what alternative are you looking at here where nothing is better than this or that waiting until next year and creating some kind of weird monstrosity of a season next year is, is better than this. This is the closest thing that I can think of that lets teams that, you know, could have had a potential playoff berth, you know, arguable at least, you know, points-wise, mathematical-wise, to be into this and for us to get something done this season. Add that to what Pat said about, you know, the potential of adding people in next season when we start later this. It, it, to me, it's a no-brainer, but maybe people don't always think like that, but I'm thinking from a sports fan perspective – the alternative seems like a, a terrible idea to me compared to what this is. 
Yeah, as long as they are not like as long as they're not risking the the health of their players and it does sound like every precaution is going to be taken and uh, as long as it's not taking tests away from desperately needy people and it sounds like that is absolutely a situation they're going to want to try to avoid as as much as possible and I do think that's going to factor into where they decide to play then th there is no, I have no problem with, with anything in this format like it's it's not all 31 teams, bracket, March Madness, let's go. This is still 16 to 19 wins to win the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's still going to be an absolute grind. It's it's still going to be good competitive playoff hockey. I, I got no problems with it. Um, what else we got here at 960-960? Um, I don't think there is an asterisk involved. 70 games have been played, and if I'm a team currently three points out, they deserve to be in. Eight-seeded teams have won the Cup before. Only problem I see is if there's a player that can't play because of COVID or a sick child. Is a big-name player like Ovechkin can't play and you beat Washington in the finals, I wouldn't feel that you earned it 100%. And that's those are the things that we haven't figured out yet. Those are the things that I think still need to be determined, and that is some of the non-hockey related stuff testing infections what happens if this and then what what happens if somebody decides to violate the 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 isolation rules all those types of things those those are things that we don't know yet those are things that need to be determined as we move forward here well yeah and the oh i wouldn't feel good about it if if my team beat washington without ovechkin you know players get hurt, right? Like, as as someone who cheers for a team who recently won a championship over a team who just had a player who uh, got injured, trust me, it affects it none. It, it I, I lost no sleep about the, the Raptors beating the Warriors with no Kevin Durant. I yeah, Totally cool. Fine. And understanding that this is a different sort of thing... Um, but I, I don't think that, like, the Jazz would have put any kind of asterisk on it if they would have beat Michael Jordan in the flu game. People, th this is a, a very dangerous thing, and I don't want it to sound like I'm just like, ah, it's COVID, whatever, who cares? But people get sick, people get hurt all the time. You, you're not going to have, even in the best of situations, which, th which this certainly isn't, people get hurt in the Stanley Cup playoffs all the time. And teams still have to play through that. This is just another thing that those guys could get sick with. And, you know, and here's a good text. There 100% will be an asterisk. This is a global pandemic that has drastically altered the traditional playoff format. I just don't think the asterisk should have a negative connotation. It should, in reality, have a positive one. And that, that might be the thing that I agree with more than anything else. That the fact that, yeah, this is different. And when we look back at the 2020 Stanley Cup winner, it's, it's going to be different, and it should be different because this is something that we have never gone through before. So the fact that the NHL might be able to come back, the fact that the NHL might be able to still award a Stanley Cup during a global pandemic, shouldn't that be celebrated as opposed to criticized? That's, that's kind of more where I fall in is let, let's, let's celebrate the damn thing instead of, instead of getting mad about it and, and talking about how this is not a good thing because for me – this is nothing but a good thing. Well, is there is there an asterisk on the 2012-13 lockout shortened season? I I mean, or do we just look at it? I I think asterisk might be the wrong word. I think when we look back on it and review it, it'll always be different, and it'll always be you know fundamentally changed because it's 
you know, everything that we know has been fundamentally changed. So I, I don't know that asterisk is the right word because it comes with that negative connotation. Uh, you know, it, I think when you think of an asterisk, you automatically think of it as a, you know, pointing out a negative thing. But you're right. You know, are we talking about something that's a negative thing or are we just talking about something that's drastically different than what we're used to? Different well, and- isn't always bad. Exactly. Right? Right. And, and just to, to comment specifically on the text, uh, this is a global pandemic that has drastically altered the traditional playoff format. You know who else did that? The NHL several years ago when they changed the playoff format. This isn't something that uh, a panel of elders going back centuries decided that one versus eight, two versus seven was the most fair way to put together a playoff. Playoffs change all the time. This used to be a league where... Like 75% of teams made the playoffs. The playoff formats change all the time. It is a made-for-TV event to hand out a trophy at the end. These things can change at the drop of a hat. So I I care not that the playoff format has been tweaked a little bit. And you still have to, like, first of all, you still have to win however many games we don't know yet because we don't know if round one and two are going to be best of five or best of seven but you could have to win at maximum what uh let me do the quick math because i'm not very smart 19 games you could have to win at maximum 19 to win a stanley cup like doesn't that mean it's it could arguably be harder than we've ever seen the the road to the stanley even for calgary isn't this remarkably harder than we thought it was when we were talking about this before we were talking about how you want to position yourself in the Pacific Division because it might give you an easier path to the playoffs now, or through the playoffs, excuse me. Now, all of a sudden, you're sitting there talking about Calgary facing Winnipeg in the first round and potentially St. Louis in the second round. I uh, don't think that was the plan a few months ago. That could be significantly harder than anything we were talking about a few months ago. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, that plan's completely different. If they can get through that, I think they deserve a lot of credit. Exactly. Yeah. But like, that's not a negative for me. If anything, that makes it harder than what it was before. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Arizona, we were talking about, is a way to, you know, hey, if we can get the Coyotes or the Wild in the first round, we're looking good. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, we have to get through Winnipeg in five for a chance to play St. Louis. That's and a little just harder. Think, just think about this. Like, think about it from, for a second, stop thinking about the big picture. And for a second, stop thinking about how this, you know, just for a second, think about what this could look like if everything goes according to plan. We could be talking about gorgeous days in the summer where your team plays at, maybe your team plays at 2 p.m. And you watch that game at 2 p.m. Maybe you watch it at your desk at work or if you're still working from home, you have it on while you're doing your work at home. And then you're finished at 5 and you go outside and it's gorgeous. Or maybe you're outside all day on a Saturday and you know what? It's 8 p.m. and the Flames are playing the Jets. Let's go in and watch the game. Like, we, we could literally be talking about all-day hockey for a good chunk of time. And it's not going to be the same. The atmosphere is going to be different. We're not going to be talking about insane overtime explosions uh, from from home crowds. It, it's going to be different. But 
you're, you're going to be able to go to a, a local bar, and I bet you patios will be setting up TVs outside so that you can be outside crushing beers and watching hockey. And on a Saturday, or if you took a day off on a Friday, you can day drink from noon on and be watching hockey. Like, like just think about the exciting part of this and, and the way this could be from a good standpoint as opposed to, like, I get it that there are concerns. I understand that testing is a concern and i understand that that this is a global pandemic that that is is so out of everybody's control out of gary bettman and don fear and peter klein and logan gordon nobody has control over this thing but at the same time if it all works out this could be one of the most memorable summers that we've ever had as as sports and hockey fans i'm gonna do so much day drinking oh because stuff's gonna be happening in the afternoon i'm not gonna be on so yeah I'm I'm fully on board with this plan. Yeah, this is uh, like, look, uh, am I going to be drunk during the show? Maybe. You know, if there's games. <laughs> yeah, I'm drunk. Can you say that on the radio? I, I what I the mean, word? I've drank on the radio before, so yeah, we can say that we get drunk. Yeah. Have you have you listened to our morning show, especially when Rhett was on it? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No fair. Curse turns a blind. Uh, yeah, uh, they are still doing a show. Are people listening? Oh, that's just uh, that's just boys being boys. And so whatever we'll Klein let, said we'll to, to Leslie to start that interview today. <laughs> yeah, that was what, so funny. What what did you say again? I don't know if it needs to be. <laughs> I think it does. It's a pandemic. The CRTC is not listening. No, I was just saying that the, he was he was upset that, that Leslie didn't give the. The hamburger dis- or the fast food discussion yesterday, the the props. Oh, that's that right. That's right. It wasn't that's that Leslie right. didn't. It was that Pat wasn't giving it the the respect that it was deserving, saying that they were having all the fun and we were just sitting here twiddling our thumbs. We had twenty minutes of gold yesterday talking about fast food orders. So I just, I guess, I'll just go screw myself then. No, that's, the that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And I, I feel Which bad. I will for... admit, I cleaned up midway through because I'm very comfortable <laughs> oh. doing shows for. <laughs> I, I that's that's very fair of you. Um, God, by the way, I did good. I I did uh, I did change as I was thinking about it last night. I did change a little bit of my thoughts. Um, okay. I, I I swapped the Arby's curly fries for Frings from uh, from Harvey. So I went with the the supersonic double cheeseburger from Sonic along with uh, the ocean water from Sonic, and then I went with the Frings from Harvey's. And the original chicken sandwich from Burger King. That would be my perfect fast food meal if I was nice. able to fast food hop around. I'm slightly disappointed in my gluttonous self, but I don't know what a fring is. So the frings are a Harvey's invention where you can get in the same order onion rings and fries. So fries, onion rings, frings. Uh, mm. It used to be a promotion that they'd only do once a year, and now they you just do it all the time. You say, oh, do you want onion rings or fries? Can I do frings? They're like, yep. They even have, like, they give you a little thing with a, a partitioned container. There's fries and there's onion rings. It's the great. It's It's the best of both worlds. My only regret from that conversation was I didn't come as correct on the uh, the, the drink orders as you guys did. I, I should have been because I was just thinking, oh, NW root beer lock. But then with the, uh, the the ocean water and logo going with the float, you guys you guys brought it on the drink orders, and I needed to be better there. See, the thing with ocean water is is that nobody's exactly sure what's in it. It's like it's it's kind. I believe it's like. It's a there's coconut in there. There's blue raspberry in there. There's Sprite in there. It's because it's Sonic. 
you can get all the flavor infusions. So you have all the different pops and all the different sodas, and then you also have all these different flavor infusions they could do. So if you wanted, you could do a you could do a, a grape Coke if you really wanted to do that. I don't know why you would, but you could do that. Um, you can do um, strawberry Dr Pepper. Like all these things are are available for you, and it it expands your drink horizons in right. such enormous ways. It's like I feel like ocean water is kind of like similar to Mountain Dew. Like what? No. What really is it? Like you know what I mean? Like if so, if you were asked, fair, what, describe fair. to me the flavor of Mountain Dew. There's very little ways to do that. So I, I know they're different. I get the di- I know they're different, but you know what I mean. I feel like they're similar in that sense. It's it's. I mean, look like if, a- if you're. If we're gonna right, ask so. what's if we're gonna ask what's in it on any fast food stuff, we're gonna go down a rabbit hole. We don't want to go down with all of this stuff really quickly. So I mean, just you know, that's, pointing that's that fair. out. <laughs> yeah, just drink it. I believe it's, yeah. I, I believe it's <laughs> pina colada, kind of like a coconut blue coconut uh, flavoring that goes into Sprite, and they added something. It's outstanding. And then Sonic does the crushed ice too. Nobody does crushed ice. Oh, it's just bliss. It's the bliss. seriousness of this conversation flipped 360, and I'm in love with it. Yeah, it really did. That's uh, it's pandemic radio for you. Although I think pandemic radio is is uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Just like it's light outside again, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, the latest on all of this with our NHL insider Chris Johnston. What does today mean? We'll find out on our uh, twice weekly hit with CJ next on Pinder and Steinberg Sportsnet 960. The fan Pinder and Steinberg in the afternoon Sportsnet 960. The fan. Now time for our NHL insider, Chris Johnston from Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca and what has been a very busy day in the National Hockey League uh, and a, a pretty significant day in the NHL, Mr. Johnston. Uh, we have the Gary Bettman News Conference or, or address to NHL fans about three hours ago and there's been lots of news that has uh, trickled through. Bettman and Bill Daly finished a uh, Zoom call about half an hour ago as well. Just uh, your overall thoughts on what today has meant and the significance of today in the NHL? Well, I think, you know, symbolically there, there's some value for the league and, and, you know, really being able to lay out a, a groundwork, you know, publicly for, for how they, they intend to make this happen. I think clearly they're doing this to, to stir some optimism and, and to, you know, be able to answer a lot of the questions that frankly we ponder twice a week on the show for, 11 weeks. I mean, you know, a lot of what we've speculated on or, or, you know, wondered about was at least somewhat addressed today. I mean, obviously there's still a number of unanswered questions. And then I think, you know, one of the big ones that the average fan listening is going to be wondering about is when exactly this comes off. I mean, we don't have those type of answers, but you know, this is, uh, you know, something I think the league takes a lot of pride in and, and let's face it, none of the other major North American sports leagues have been able to, you know, answer, you know, lay out what this, what it's going to look like on the other side of COVID-19 for their league and, and, you know, how they, they plan to navigate the things they're dealing with in, in the, quite the way that, you know, Gary Batman and, and Bill Daly were able to do this afternoon. So was there, was there any, any more news, any less news that you thought we were going to get today? Did anything jump off the page or surprise you from what we found out over the last number of hours? Uh, I would say there's probably a little bit more specifics provided than I expected. I mean, you know, even on the, the Zoom call uh, that, that just happened in terms of a lot of specifics, 
that were provided there about how the testing would work, about why the league feels it could, um, you know, sustain a, a positive test and, and continue to, to operate the playoff tournament, depending on the circumstances around that, you know, got into some of the costs of these things. I think that those maybe weren't details. I, I, I thought that they would be ready to roll out at this point. I mean, obviously, we've been talking for a good week anyway about the specifics of the playoffs. There wasn't any surprise there. You know, they, they did give us the exact sort of convoluted way that the, the draft lottery is going to work. And so, you know, I think it's significant that they are able to nail down uh, as much as they did. And, you know, I can – you start to understand maybe why they, they might be more optimistic than those of us on the outside have been just in terms of, you know, the frequency of testing where – you know, they're hoping it's going to be twice a week, you know, once the facilities open and players start returning to that next week. And then even more frequently than that, when it comes to training camps. And then by the time, you know, they get to the, the resumption of play and, and, and players are in a hub city. I mean, it's very clear that, that not many members of any given team are going to be allowed to be in that quarantine situation. Uh, certainly no one other than some, the trainers and coaches are going to get close to the players physically. Uh, and, you know, the players will be tested every single night before bed uh, in the hub city, and then the results will be known before they leave their hotel room the next morning. So, you know, obviously that, that's done as a way to isolate or, or to, to limit the amount of spread that can happen, um, you know, when players are tested. And so you, when you, you start wrapping your mind around that, and, and especially the idea that, say, players can start being tested regularly as soon as next week and then right through September – I, I can at least imagine a little bit more, you know, how they can manage to pull this off because that's that's always been one thing that's been been gnawing at me is just sort of the logistics of how you make this work and, and obviously limit the potential for outbreak. So, we we heard from Gary Bettman. We we had live on on across the Sportsnet Radio Network his address to NHL fans and then his interview with Tim and Sid. But Mm -hmm. uh, about half an hour, 45 minutes ago, we finished up a zoom call with media with Bill Daly uh, as well. Any, anything from there that we don't know or anything that jumped off the page that we didn't know uh, prior to that zoom call? Well, you know, I I think it's interesting that they're going to rely on the players for the length of training camp. I mean, they they were pretty clear that uh, they're, they're, they're more flexible maybe than, than I thought when it comes to how long those camps are. And they, they've essentially allowed for the fact that, you know, once players get skating again, they might come to the league and say, look, we don't need three weeks or four weeks, you know, to, to do this, you know, that's too much. And, and so, you know, I thought it was interesting getting that kind of window into how much power they're putting into the players. And then, you know, from a Canadian standpoint, you know, I think the league w- was as clear as it could possibly be that, as long as this 14-day quarantine uh, remains in effect in Canada, that 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 will exclude any possibility of of the three Canadian cities, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Toronto, being chosen as one of the two hubs uh, to be played at. And um, you know, we've we've kind of assumed that was the case, but it was it was spelled out pretty explicitly by Bill Daly uh, during that call okay. with the reporters that essentially, you know, those cities will be out of the running unless the the federal government changes the current restrictions and. You know, as they stand right now, those restrictions are in place through at least June 22nd. Um, you know, and I don't think they would be eased before then. So, you know, I think reading between the lines, unless there's, you know, the the federal government wants to open itself up to the criticism that would come with bending to the NHL, I, I would say that, you know, after hearing that that press conference or the the press availability, that it's unlikely we see any of these games held in Canada.
Okay. With Chris Johnston, our NHL insider, joins us Tuesdays and Thursday. Today, a little bit later, with uh, a fairly significant news day in the NHL. Uh, so when, when we're talking about the hub cities, uh, I, I was a little surprised they came right out and said the 10 cities that they are considering right now. Uh, is, is there any, like from who you talk to and, and your sources, is there any feel as to who are the front runners right now, or, or is that still very much up in the air? Well, I think it, it depends on that, you know, the, the Canadian setup. If Canada got in it, I do think Edmonton would have a strong case, uh, just given how little COVID outbreak there's been locally, how much buy-in there is from the, the government there, and, and the fact that they have a pretty good setup in terms of being able to create a bubble. But, you know, because they're they're not, you know, I'm, I'm kind of operating under the, the assumption here that the, the federal law isn't likely to change in, in enough time for the NHL to make that decision. Um you know, Vegas is is still number one on the list that that I would compile. I think what another interesting factor or a note that came out of the you know the availability we just wrapped up is that you know they don't mind having two of these cities potentially be in the West. I mean, there's no real geographic consideration. You know, Gary Bettman allowed that for TV perspective, it might be preferable to to have an East and West just to you know kind of have games on at all time. You know, bouncing between the time zones, but that they're going to pick the two where they they feel is the best place to, to create these hubs. So, you know, I I hadn't really been operating on that thought, you know, when I've been telling you that, that I think Columbus is the strongest candidate in, in, in the East. I still believe that to be the case. But there's only three teams that were on the list of 10 that are based in the Eastern time zone. I mean, Toronto, Pittsburgh, and Columbus are the only three. Yeah. I think Columbus would, would be at the top of that list. But, you know, the fact that the league is open to – you know, maybe having this in Vegas and, and L.A. Or, or, you know, Vegas and Dallas, Vegas and Chicago. I mean, I'm going to have to make more calls before I can tell you really who I think is 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 second on that list. But I, I certainly think Vegas will be one of the hub cities. And the other one is, is a little bit more up in the air. So when we're talking about timelines and, and next steps, what – what is uh, they were very vague about it and i understand why they didn't give out any strict timelines because you can't really do that at this stage but is is there kind of a a rough feel as to when the puck would drop on these uh best of five playing rounds and and this round robin for the top four teams in each conference i think the hope is by the end of july start of august i mean very beginning of august you know that that seems to be the the best case scenario and and the favored scenario and, and I think it, it does set up as being realistic, you know, so without knowing what we don't know in terms of how the virus spreads and things that could change between, you know, when we're talking now and the next few weeks. But, you know, assuming that everything stays relatively constant, I mean, what the league's done here is, to me is they've signaled the players, you know, especially those that are over in Europe, but maybe those even around North America, not in their playing cities, kind of a time frame for when they need to be back because, you know, the next phase that that's going to kick in here next week in terms of those those small group workouts, that's entirely voluntary. But, you know, the training camps will be mandatory participation. And, you know, the, the league essentially said those will, will start no sooner than the start of July. But, but clearly they're targeting that and they're thinking it could be three weeks, but, you know, it might even be shorter depending on how the players feel and what kind of feedback they give to the league. And so, you know, I think what we're going to see happen now, and this is probably the real benefit, uh, from a practical standpoint, to come out and, and have this availability the way the league has is that, you know, players that are over in Europe, I think you'll start to see them in the next two to three weeks make their way back here. Uh, some of them might have to observe some quarantines. And then, you know, we got training camps going 
hopefully early July and, and, you know, in, into games, you know, by the end of that month or at latest the start of August. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that can happen that can derail that progression, but that seems mm-hmm. to be, you know, the, the working timeline right now. And, and I, I do think it's, it's reasonable even with some of the, the, the travel complications and all those types of things. I think I might've mentioned, uh, you know, the, the, when I was on last week, but maybe not that, there's been some talk of a charter flight for the guys in Europe, you know, coming back on one NHL charter as a way to get that done. So, you know, I think a lot's going to happen here in the next few weeks. And, you know, what they've done essentially is outline the traces of, of the timeline, if not, you know, provided the exact dates and times for, for when this is all going to be pulled off. Okay, so tell me about this four-team round-robin for the top four teams in each conference. Do we know, like Gary Bettman said, that this four-team round-robin is going to decide seeding, but there weren't any specifics in that, like, could Philadelphia or could Edmonton, who are these number four seeds in their conferences, like, potentially, like, could they could they jump up and, and all of a sudden be the number one seed? Could Dallas jump into the number one seed in the Western Conference? Like, do we know any specifics on that front, or is it still pretty vague from your understanding? No, my understanding is that those teams could go from four to one. You know, if okay. Dallas goes three and oh, beats all the other top three teams in that scenario, that they would uh, progress to being the number one seed. I mean, I think it's a straight round robin. Any ties will be, you know, the tiebreaker will be which team had the better regular season in terms of points percentage. So, you know, obviously teams like Boston and St. Louis, the, the, the top of the conference when everything was paused, a tie goes to the runner situation will will function for them. But, you know, if one of them or both of them were to go 0-3 in the round robin, they'd, they'd fall to the fourth seed, uh, at least based on, on my understanding of things. You know, it doesn't matter as much if they end up doing a bracketing um, scenario, but it does matter certainly if it's a if, if it's seeding that's used instead because the team that gets the number one seed will then face, you know, automatically the lowest remaining seed in, it, in its conference. You know, that's not necessarily the case if, if they use the bracket formula, so that's you know, that, that's something that's still to be decided, uh, you know, with the return to play committee. But, you know, it, it's it's clear that, you know, where the priority went for that seating, even if it seems a little bit crazy to fans or, or players on those teams, you know, especially Boston, for example, that had an eight-point lead over everyone else in the East when, when this was paused. I mean, the reason the league has done this isn't to penalize the Bruins. It's that those teams have asked for meaningful games. And... It's hard to give them meaningful games while also saying, well, but guaranteed you're going to make it to the first round of the playoffs. So this is, like, I guess, the, the half measure that's that's been struck mm-hmm. in the meantime uh, to, to try to address that. But, you know, th- there could be, well, let's call it like it is. If, if, if this goes as it's currently been laid out, I mean, it could be unfair to a team like St. Louis or Boston that had a great regular season, could end up in a lower seed. You know, I think we, we should mention, too, I mean, it's it's – probably not the same as in a normal year where we're part of the benefit of course of being one of those top four seeds is having home ice advantage in the first round i mean there is no home ice advantage in this situation so it's it's you know based entirely on on what team you're going to play next and and so on but um you know they're, they're trying to make those games matter and that's that's one way to do it is to give the incentive that you could fall three spots if you're the number one seed heading in and you could climb three if you're the number four do you get the sense one way or the other, like in, in terms of cause it's not been decided yet, whether this is a bracket format or if they do reseeding like they used to do when they did conference playoffs in the NHL. Do you, do you get the sense one way or the other where the players want that to be and where the league wants that to be? 
the league wants a bracket. I think they like the predictability of it. I think they like the, you know, the way you could go fill out a bracket online and, you know, it's a way to engage fans in a sense. Um, I, I think players by and large prefer seating. And that's why I believe it's going to end up as a seating format because, okay. you know, what the league has actually said here essentially is, you know, we're willing to do what you guys want on this. You know, I don't think there's going to be a fight over it. It's more a matter of the players making a, a once and for all decision in what, what way they want it to go. And, you know, I do think in general, the players prefer to have it be seated. And so, you know, based on, on that, I would be surprised if it ends up as a bracket, but you know, that's uh, among the issues still to be worked out. What are you uh, like the, the decision as to whether or not round one and round two are best of five or best of sevens. Is that solely based on calendar at this point? Yeah, it is. And, and I think they want to get through to the end of the second round in roughly a month. And so, you know, I think it's going to be tough to do that in a best of seven scenario plus the plan. Uh, you know, it's possible. I, I think because there's no travel involved in these series, um, you know, we should expect some some back-to-backs here for the teams that, that play this. I think it's going to be a, a much more aggressive schedule than we would see normally played out during the playoffs just because, as I say, I mean, travel is not an issue. You know, I think that there's a motivation there to, to get this done as fairly as you can, but obviously as quickly as you can uh, without, you know, trying to risk anyone's health. And so, you know, it's hard to handicap a way that's going to go. I think in a perfect world, of course, everyone would prefer best of seven. You know, that links up pretty nicely with what's been the accepted history here in the last, you know, 25 years anyway, and the way the playoffs have gone. And, and you know, I think removes a little bit of randomness uh, between a best of five and best of seven in terms of identifying the best team from a series. But I think a lot of that will be dictated by when they can get these training camps going and, and when the games themselves start. It, you know, it could be possible if, they're not starting until deeper into August that the decisions made for them just as a way to, to speed things along. Um, any, uh, do you have any feel as to, cause you mentioned this last week when we had John on Thursday and, and it is something that's fascinating to me. Like, is, is there anything that, that is going to be done for the seven teams who will 100% not be taking part in any of these games? Because, as you said, like Gary Bentman was talking about January as a potential starting date for next season, and, and you understand why, but if it's December or January, we're talking like nine months between games for some of these teams. Do you, have you heard about any uh, that even being a consideration and trying to make it so that there's something they can do for those teams? Well, all I can tell you is that they're open, I think, to exploring ways to help those teams in ways that in a normal year they wouldn't. I mean, you know, the, the, the reason every team does its fitness testing and its its training camp in a, the same way, it's about competitive balance. You know, you don't want certain teams gaining, a, a, you know, any, any advantage by, say, spending more time on the ice or being able to do things their competitors can't. You know, I, I think out of this, and, and nothing at this point has been decided, I mean, because this is something that, that will be happening, you know, after when the playoffs happen, I think the league will get there a little later, but you know, at this point, the league is allowed that, that this is an incredibly long time to be off, that there might be, whether it's camps or, or mini camps or something that can be held, you know, in the meantime here, you know, for those players to work on conditioning, I think even for those teams to be relevant in their market uh, to maybe, you know, hopefully at that point, we're at a point where reporters can be, uh, close to players again, and, and you know you you could have people there to, to cover something like that. But you know, I I, I, I do think that you're going to see something done for them. But at this stage, it's, it's a little premature okay. to say exactly what it's going to be. But 
you know, it's it's going to be a huge challenge. I mean, a team like San Jose, we don't know if Joe Thornton's going to resign there, but, you know, especially for older players, I think that this kind of layoff is is really difficult, uh, you know, for them to maintain their conditioning. And, you know, they're not opening their practice facilities either, the way other teams, you know, that are going to re- return to play are here in the near future. And so I don't know how many skating opportunities are going to be, you know, as, as this virus progresses for, for guys. I mean, this is, this is a real big challenge. I mean, it's not faced, it's not as though one team is, is more, I guess, inconvenienced or, or in a, in an unfair situation than another. I mean, it's something we're all collectively dealing with, but you know, I, I do think for those organizations, this is going to be a long, long, long off season. And, you know, even though they're going to find it on June 26th, you know, their fate in the draft lottery, I mean, even the draft isn't going to be held until after the season's completed. So I would think late September or early October is probably the soonest we see that. Just a couple more with Chris Johnston, our NHL insider. Let's let's jump right into what you just talked about there, and that is the NHL draft lottery. Complicated, and and um, you know when you when you first hear it, your head starts to spin a little bit. But I think that once you read it, like okay, the the biggest question that that has popped up is why do this in two phases? Why not just wait until after the play-in round is done? Uh, how come you think they're doing it in two phases? Well, they're doing it in two phases. It boils down to this. It keeps the, the draft lottery odds the same they would be for the 15 teams that, quote-unquote, don't make the playoffs in a normal year. You know, that doesn't change. I guess the odds are a little bit skewed, you know, for the, the eight teams that wind up as, as playing losers, um, you know, just because of the way it has to be done that way. But still, you know, it, it's it's keeping things relatively uniform with what we've seen in the past. And, you know, I think that they're they're doing it in advance in terms of holding the draft lottery itself to give, you know, those markets, those seven teams, especially that are playing something to talk about, something to uh, latch on to, you know, I think it's almost a little bit of a peace offering to those teams, but it's including also the teams that that don't yet know if they're going to get through that first playing round. And, and, you know, it sets up kind of an interesting dynamic to me. It it lessens the complaint though. Let's say if you're Pittsburgh and you wind up losing that 12 to five uh, seating match up to Montreal and, and you feel wronged, by the fact that, you know, Montreal even had a chance to eliminate you. Well, at least in this scenario, you're going to have, you know, some draft lottery odds and, and quite potentially, I mean, it's not just that, but, you know, Alex Lafreniere could end up uh, playing for the Pittsburgh Penguins under this scenario, which wouldn't have been possible otherwise. I mean, Pittsburgh had 90-something percent odds of making the playoffs. They were going to be in, in the old format. They wouldn't have even been in the lottery. So there is a bit of a peace offering, I guess, offered to any teams that get upset. Mm in this play-in series. And I think that that's the benefit of doing it in two phases. You know, I guess ideally you leave this until after the playoffs or after that first round at least happens, the play-in round, and then you have all 15 teams and there's a little less mystery. But, you know, I think the league recognizes, again, sort of when they were contemplating the early June draft originally is that there's an opportunity here to create some buzz and and have that, that initial phase anyway sooner and, you know, maybe a team like Ottawa or Detroit, you know, wins the, the draft lottery. And at least in those markets, you can get fans excited about winning that, that pick and, and, you know, talking about who they're going to select and how it might affect their, you know, their, their team longer term and things like that. So I think that's how they've, they've ended up on this kind of convoluted seeming process. But I think ultimately it's, it's pretty fair under the circumstances. And, um, you know, it could be crazy. We could see maximum chaos here if, you know, if, if Edmonton's eliminated by Chicago in the first round and Edmonton wins the draft lottery, I mean, it's it's it's, it's possible. I'm not saying it's likely, but there, there's a chance.
Yep, chaos mode activate. Final thought for you, uh, just in, in, and we've asked you some questions along these lines before, but just uh, now that we're a little bit closer and there's a little bit more certainty as to what this is going to look like, do you start to think a little bit more about what television broadcasts are going to look like? A little bit. You know, I, I saw today if there's a Bundesliga game and they had some piped in crowd noise, I actually you know, quite liked it. It wasn't as... It wasn't like a laugh track on an 80 sitcom or something. It actually sounded a little bit more natural and I think amplified the experience a little bit. You know, it, it does seem, though, it's less and less likely that I would say any media is going to be in the building for this. I mean, you know, nothing's been decided, but, you know, it sounds as though they're going to use one universal TV feed that, that you know, Sportsnet would get or TVR for, for the French broadcast or NBC, what have you. And, you know, more than likely, although, again, not, not 100%, you know, you're, we're talking about play-by-play announcers calling the games from afar. You know, it just, it just seems that the league is really focused on keeping the bubble tight as a way to limit the exposure uh, players have to, to the potential of, of getting the virus or, or, you know, having an outbreak occur. And so, you know, I think that they're, they're, they're definitely going to experiment with some different things to make those broadcasts interesting you know, I think like we've seen in the golf, some of the benefit, you know, the, the, the two golf matches played the last two weekends of, of having guys mic'd up. I think you're going to get a bit more of that in the game. You're definitely going to have different camera angles because there's no fans in the way. So you can basically put a camera anywhere you want mm-hmm. in any of these buildings. So I, I think we're going to see angles and types of replays we've never seen before. I uh, would imagine it will include something like, you know, piped in crowd noise and I even saw in Germany at the soccer, they you know they had fan cutouts that, that you know one one team had allowed fans to buy a picture of themselves essentially to be sat in, in, in the stands with all the money going to charity. I'm sure you'll see things like that as well. But um, you know it's it's interesting to me that you know that it does seem as though media is going to be kept at a fair distance and you know maybe not even in the building. I mean it's possible a whole playoffs will be conducted and a team's going to win the cup without. Anyone speaking to a reporter, you know, even from from close distance and you know anywhere but digitally, with the games being called from afar, no handshake lines, you know, it, it'll be it's going to be different. Um, but I, I got to tell you, after seeing and and hearing the, you know, everything today, you know, it's hard not to feel a little bit more optimistic of that, you know, we're we're that, that we're actually going to see this happen. It it seems a little bit less like a a foggy idea and then a lot more like something that might happen. Great stuff, CJ. Uh, Chris Johnson's latest is up at sportsnet.ca. NHL provides glimmer of hope with clear picture of return to play plan. More from CJ there. Uh, he'll join us again on Thursday as well. Thank you, pal. Appreciate it as always. Right on. Nice to have some news. We're, we're out of the speculation game, my friend. It's about time. It's been, it's been 11 weeks, like you said. <laughs> There's going to be three more after this where nothing happens. But let's, let's enjoy this week while we got it. Exactly. I'm with you. Thanks, CJ. That's uh, Chris Johnston, our NHL insider, who joins us Tuesdays and Thursdays on Pinder and Steinberg, a show that is now wrapping up, but uh, not before some final thoughts from uh, the gents. Uh, Kleiner, let's start with you. Uh, just a, a, a thought on today's news. I know that, you know, when, when you first came back after uh, being gone for a little while, uh, you, you were I'm trying to think of that, apprehensive or skeptical or worried you tell me what the right word is uh, because i don't want to put words in your mouth but you're like i I don't know if i like the idea of the nhl coming back in in this situation uh i know that you've also um become a little bit more encouraged or positive on that conversation since that point where are you today on what we found out 
just needs to there. turn the mic on. There we go. Yeah, didn't want the cat meowing into uh, Chris Johnson's ear. Um, no, I, um, I I am much more optimistic than I was when th- this whole thing first started. When when I came back, uh, concern would definitely be the uh, the word that I was use or the, that I would use. It just it felt like almost I don't want to say money grab, but it felt like we're only doing this because we need the TV money. So whatever. But you you see the lengths that they are going to to make sure that everything is safe, We're not taking testing away from people who actually need it, which is still going to be uh, a very difficult thing to wrap your head around when you consider 50 people per team for 24 teams and you're not getting tested just once, uh, that, that there's going to be a lot that goes into it. But overall, this is a huge step in the right direction, I would say, for the National Hockey League. And they have a format that I'm excited about. And now we, we have actual things to get ready for instead of, talking about fast food orders and stuff like that i mean we can still talk about that don't get me wrong and by the way um it would be 600 tests a day at most that would be administered in each hub city is what we're talking about 600 a day that's not insignificant at all but that is what you'd be talking about 600 uh per day logo your thoughts on today's news how are you feeling about things i feel really good honestly um it was nice to get some concrete news to get some some actual sporting things to talk about matchups that we can sink our teeth into uh you know it would have been nice to have some dates but we have a plan going forward for the next few weeks and for the next little while and stuff to look forward to which has been you know really few and far between throughout all this pandemic stuff so uh there'll be detractors to it we've known that from just looking at the text line but um overall i feel really good about today and i feel like we're we're on a good path to getting some sports back and in this city hockey coming back is a a pretty good thing. I I have been fairly, I, I've I've been beating the optimism drum since this all started on March twelfth. Uh, I've always I've always kind of tried to be like, look, I think they're going to come back. I think they can come back. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I think that there is uh, a realistic scenario where they can. It's still not guaranteed that they will, but. I think they will. I I am uh, hopeful that we will be seeing lots of hockey played in July, August, and into September. Um, I think it's going to be good for for the country. I think it's going to be good for the city. I think it's going to be good for for everybody involved who likes hockey. And and I'm I'm feeling really good about things. It's it's been a real promising last little bit. There's like March and into April. Like those were dark ass weeks and 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 stretches of time like there was like the weather was garbage in this city and you didn't know what was going to happen and you didn't know when you were going to be able to have any sense of normalcy and now here we are in late may and and calgary is it's sunny again once again today but the weather has turned around and restaurants and bars are open and we are on a path to another stage of our reopening sometime in june and and like things are are positive in that respect and now you get this from the nhl i don't have to squint or use binoculars to see how the nhl could be playing games and and could raise the stanley cup to me this is a real positive positive day for sports fans the pandemic hasn't been beaten we're not over this thing yet. We're not out of the woods, and things are not perfect. But we have taken significant steps, and I think today for people who listen to this station, for people who love sports, for people who are wanting hockey to be back, uh, I, I do think this is a significant and this is a good day. That's how we'll wrap it up. Kleiner, have yourself a wonderful Thursday, uh, Tuesday. rather. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
I'll have a great Thursday on this Tuesday. Yes, you bet. And you better have a good Thursday on this Tuesday. <laughs> See you, Logo. See you, guys. Uh, that'll do it for the program. Up next, Sportsnet tonight. Uh, some best of programming coming up at 8 o'clock this evening. For Peter Klein, for Logan Gordon, my name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on Pinder and Steinberg on this NHL Return Tuesday. Sportsnet 960, The Fan.